Welcome to Geek Fights. I'm Mike Ortiz. I'm bringing you yet another bonus episode commentary. Uh, once again, Damon and I were guest stars on the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy podcast with our good friend Josh Bradley. Uh, this time we are joined by Mike Schindler of the Commentary Track Stars and Derek of Tisto. And in uh, in honor of The Dark Knight Rises, uh, which was the end to Christopher Nolan's Batman saga. Um, we bring you the end to the previous Batman saga, though it was not originally planned to be its end. Uh, this one also happens to feature Bane. Now, we recorded this quite some time ago, long before Dark Knight Rises, but uh, we wanted to uh, put it in our feed to let you check it out. And again, check out these guys and their podcasts, the uh, Soulless Min Minions of Orthodoxy, Commentary track stars and Tisto, they do great stuff. Uh, Damon and I have been on a few times, and uh, they've been on our show as well. So give them a listen. And uh, for now, however, uh, we bring you Batman and Robin. You're listening to the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy alternative DVD commentaries. Today, our film is from 1997. It is Batman and Robin. And I am very pleased to be joined by three guests, Mike and Damon from Geek Fight. Say hello, guys. Hello. Howdy. And also Derek of Tisto.com. Hey, how's it going? Well, thanks a lot for uh, for joining me uh, for what is considered to be the uh, most reviled, I guess, Batman film. But we'll get into that, how we feel about it. But uh, if you'd like to watch this movie with us, uh, we're going to have to go ahead and set up a sync point. And... For me, that is about 17 seconds in uh, on my counter clock. As you uh, press play, you'll notice that the Warner Brothers logo turns into the frozen Batman logo. And then there's a text that pops up that says Warner Brothers Pictures Presents. As that text fades away, press pause. So I'm going to give you a countdown. And when you hear me say unpause, we'll all do so together and watch the movie in sync. Okay, everybody ready? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Three, two, one, unpause. A Joel Yay. Schumacher film. He's fabulous. <laughs> well, this movie is fabulous. I've always liked the uh, the title sequence on this. You know, the uh, the design of all this I thought was always pretty nice. Well, this is pretty much how Batman Forever opened, right? It was the same styling. Yep. I think this one just has the red tint that becomes kind of the secondary color of a lot of this because of uh, Robin, primarily, I think. Yeah, as we're seeing these right. uh, credits go by, uh, Alicia Silverstone, you know, she was kind of the it girl. Yeah, oh, she Clueless. was cute yeah. in this. Was she? I mean... I like this logo. She was cute. Was... This might have ruined her career. Because <laughs> has she done anything since Batman and Robin? Well, I think she she did casualty. one thing. She she's the casualty. She did some suiting up. I bad nipples. Bad badass. <laughs> bad very, very nice. Very nice. This is gratuitous. This no, is but so the best part is for 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 Batgirl. The suiting up is so much shorter, yeah. and they don't yeah. show her anything. It's like you want to see Bat butt? Nope. Well, I think Joel Schumacher <laughs> mentions that in his commentary. There was a controversy of whether or not to give her nipples. Right. Yeah. And I think the fact that they didn't is a crime. Well, here we go with the the revamped Batmobile. Yeah, he goes through th through things a lot and Alfred even makes a comment about this. 
Oh yeah, I always sure. I always liked Clooney in this costume. I thought that this was uh, one of the better Batman sculpts. I mean, I think he was able to move pretty well. The material had gotten light enough. Um, I thought the headpiece actually looked pretty good, but the other actors. You know what I find mm-hmm. weird about that, though, is that there's a little piece of the mask underneath his nose around his nostrils. Yeah, that is odd. But one of the things is when I look at that, I would I don't necessarily think that's George Clooney in a mask. Whereas when I saw Michael Keaton, it looked like Michael Keaton and Val Kilmer looked like Val Kilmer. This was the only time until recently that I actually went, oh, you know, that would disguise his identity. Otherwise, everybody else had too distinct a chin, perhaps. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe so. Well, before we really get uh, into this uh, into this movie, let's kind of talk how we feel about it, because most people, most fan commentators that approach this really have nothing positive to say about this film. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Um, You know, despite the fact that this is a very hated movie, we do find, well, I do, (laughs) I'm not sure how Derek feels, but uh, uh, we do find things about it that we like uh, because of its camp, you know, because of its, um, you know, crazy visual style and its cheesiness. That's how I feel about it. Um, I I sense a, a joy in it. Um, Yeah. I think it's got kid appeal. But it's, mm-hmm. it ends up being kind of embarrassing to people who loved it as kids. I never cared for it very much, but I never – I also don't hate it. I, I think there's fun things and, and rather dumb and dull things. I mean, I've, I really, really uh, love this movie. And, and, you know, not because it's a good movie or because it's it's faithful to uh, to anything that I really – personally liked about Batman. I I just think it is a lot of fun to watch. And I don't think, I don't think it was intended to be taken as seriously as people took the Burton films. Um, You know, I think this was very much a cartoon brought to life, which is what people didn't want out of Batman, but that doesn't make it any less valid a choice. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's one of the things that Joel Schumacher, I heard said on set before he would do a take, he would say, remember, we're doing a cartoon and this movie is a cartoon. It's goofy as all. It's a living comic book. Yeah. I mean, and it just, it's, it's the living embodiment of comic books that people would rather ignore at least Batman fans in particular, but this, Mm -hmm. this, I never understood how people could hate this other than the the actual problems with the movie and and how it's boring and how things are just outright stupid, you know that's <laughs> I, hey that's fine. <laughs> Movies do that, but how you could hate the camp of this, but then still like the Batman TV show? Well, I that's the weird that. thing. To me, it's the same thing. Well, I think I know. I think I know why. I mean, from what? Well, that was back in a different era, and the Batman TV series they're twenty five minute episodes, and this is a two hour movie. If this was if this movie was 85 minutes long, I'm sure it would be much more bearable because you and I were saying before we started this that there is long passages of nothing where it's completely dead. Yeah. There are long passages of this fight that are completely dead. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> this fight is like seven minutes long. Oh, you don't like that when he pops through the wall and it look, look at the shape. Look, it's a ba- it's the Robin shape. Yeah. It's actually the Nightwing shape. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I find it interesting that this is Nightwing's costume now. Basically. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it is it's armored. A it's a good they costume. Got, yeah, they got rid of the blue and changed it to red. 
So, uh, you know, this movie's impact. And actually, this is the first time Batman shows up uh, cinematically without the yellow. He's always had the yellow. This, there's still a circle surrounding the bat. Oh, you're right. I didn't think uh, about But that. this time, it's it, he's he's actually completely black. There's not even a, a yellow belt. And that's the mm-hmm. first time they really made that choice. He changes well, yeah. cowls in the middle of the film somewhere, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, they, because they needed another set of action figures with the ice <laughs> gear. Just like the previous movie had the Sonic gear. And Schumacher cops to that, that they were informed to make a lot of possible toys. Yeah, he uh, he said toyetic, didn't he? Yep. Yes. Well, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird silliness here, but... Oh, it's silly. I mean, this this is a feature-length Adam West Batman. That's what this is. Well, here's my problem with it, though, that... This is very much like the comic books of the of the early 70s and earlier, but by the time of the 90s, the comic books have moved on, and they've gotten better and darker and more adult, and we'd had the other movies, and this is this is kind of a throwback. It's I don't think it's quite Adam West. I love the 66 Batman, but um, uh, it, it, it's a weird throwback and an, and an unusual choice. Well, yeah, I, and that's the, the things people hate Batman. Or they, people did want to see this Batman. Well, not at all, because if well, I've been watching Batman the animated series a lot recently, and they say they wanted to be a cartoon, but Batman in cartoon at the time isn't being represented like this at right, all. Right. Like Mister Freeze is not a cartoon character in that, and you take a character that's a, a very sympathetic character, uh, one of the most beloved out of the animated series, and put him into a movie, and everybody got excited about it. Because if you think about it, before the animated series, before, what, 1992, most people had forgotten about Freeze. He'd gone away completely. Animated series revives him, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger plays him, and he's horrible. But he's so great. (laughs) Well, actually, somebody mentioned uh, the choice of Ivy and Freeze in this is because somebody, the producer's brother or somebody, was a fan of the Batman animated series, that particular series. And he asked him, well, who are your two favorite characters on the series? Um, And obviously not the Joker, not the Penguin, not Catwoman, because they've already been taken and Two-Face and Riddler. Uh, And, and he was like, um, it, it was Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy. And I mean, those were his favorite characters and their portrayal in the animated series is fantastic. And then you get here and you get something completely different. Well, yeah, I think Schwarzenegger is fine. I love Schwarzenegger. I mean, in general, but um, he's maybe not so good in here, partly because the part is not well written. It's I mean, it's really I mean, practically every line is a dumb joke. And yet he's supposed to be a tortured man. And that that's just this kind of, well, if it's Schwarzenegger, he's got to be delivering one liners and they give him just an endless series of bad cold related puns which i i love that aspect of it it's terrible and it makes you winch but that's you know that's part of the 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 bad movie charm at least at that point well and i like what you used to say about about arnold schwarzenegger in general that arnold schwarzenegger is such a powerful cinematic force <laughs> that he takes a movie franchise which is batman and makes it about him this movie is not about Batman. It's about it, Mr. Freeze. This is a Schwarzenegger yeah. movie that has Batman in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I disagree great. with that. I would say that, that that he integrates well enough into it. But for sure, uh, he's as big as the movie is, uh, much like uh, Nicholson was in the first film. He was as big as the movie. 
I think Nicholson was bigger than the movie. He I, made well, the I movie agree with that. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and 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 especially after people, whenever people were doing their dream casting for this, you'd be getting people like Patrick Stewart, um, and and then it's like what Schwarzenegger, the one of the worst actors, a big action movie actor. Uh, after you know, certainly Nicholson and DeVito, and even you know, though he was wasted, Tommy Lee Jones, you know, is, is a big deal. Yeah. And then you come here and you get. Uh, well, Schwarzenegger, I mean, Jim Carrey was one thing, but now you're going completely different kind of stunt casting at this point. It does feel but like still, stunt I, casting, I, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I heard he was paid like uh, $20 million for this, and that was, a, that was a bit of controversy at the time, that he was paid so much for such a first, because he doesn't really have a whole lot of screen time. Not really. <laughs> Uh, he's got a ton. He's got the biggest, got all the, the, the biggest scenes to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. All the screen time that counts. Well, I also heard a lot like his, his double is, is in quite a bit of it, much more than people realized. That would make a lot of sense. Cause right. that would be easy enough to do. And there's a lot of digital doubles in this movie. And this is really one of the first times I recall seeing that many superhero effects being handled by digital uh, characters. Nobody's going to mention that the, the suit has wings on it <laughs> at all. Well, <laughs> there's not much in this escape that makes any sense. <laughs> well, there's just so much goofiness going on in this movie. We'd be stopping every second to point out everything. I mean, well, we got to point out some like of it. Ten opportunities yeah. to kill Batman, and he doesn't take any of them. Of course not, because this is very much Adam West style of put him in a death trap. And then walk away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, this is There's just, a bad bomb. Yeah. Right. There's sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. I mean, this is the modern rendition of that, of that feature film from 66, you know, and, but you know, people had moved on past that by then they, uh, you know, they'd wanted a, a darker right. Batman. This and is, this is where my eight year old nephew said, that's not how gravity works. Mm hmm. <laughs> still awesome look at that they're surfing in the sky i know it's doesn't he say cowabunga yes he does yeah oh come on this was long after the teenage mutant ninja turtles were popular wasn't it yeah Yeah. oh ninja turtles had gone out of style yeah this is almost a weird cheech and chong he's going after diamonds to fuel himself which doesn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) yeah (laughs) it feels lasers powered lasers make things cold wait (laughs) How does a laser make things cold? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, my favorite is is later when he uses the freeze ray to slow his fall. Or right here, here, actually. Right here. How yeah. does this work? Let's I'll make everything that. colder kind of and I won't get splattered. I, I, you know what? I'll, I will. Get, that's the one Freezing thing from the animated series that they actually do. Because <laughs> he does that in the animated series in his first appearance. I in the animated series. Just... Yeah. Of course, the difference is there's actually something coming up underneath his feet. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Then he's creating like an ice thing, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like an ice bridge. Really I mean, I do like the uh, the ice effects in this. When he freezes Robin here in a second, and when he froze some of the people earlier, uh, I thought that actually looked pretty nice. I agree. Yeah, it looks, it's the uh, the movie to me, all the way through is it's crazy, but it looks great. I love the neon. Yeah. I'm totally on board with Schumacher and his freaking neon fetish. 
Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not all hip to the style of, of the film, but uh, they they did go balls out. You know, <laughs> they they set out with a with the design, with the look, and and they achieved it. And um, I think uh, a lot of blame is put on Schumacher, you know, very unfairly so for destroying Batman with this film. But Schumacher, I think, in my mind, I think he gets an A plus for this film because. This is the exact movie he wanted to make. Okay, maybe not an A plus because there are those dead spots in this movie. I think this movie should be about 40 minutes shorter, but um, I give him an A, um, because not just for effort, because he set out to make a cartoony comic book Batman, and that's exactly what he did. That's exactly what they wanted from him, and he delivered yeah. that in spades. I mean, he had mentioned that he he would have rather had done something more like a Batman year one, which was his favorite Batman story, which would have been a smaller movie, uh, a younger Batman. And basically Warner's was like, no, this is a kid's franchise. We sell toys and t-shirts and things like that. This is for kids. And, you know, that was the flack that they got over Batman returns with the, the level of violence. And then they lighten it up some and it makes a ton more money because they can get more licensing deals. And now, you know that there was a lot of money riding on this movie, and, and that's oh, yeah. that's what they thought was going to put people in the seats. But you know, I think that you know it winds up it takes Christopher uh, Nolan to kind of say that or point out that people will respond to a well done, dark, uh, realistic, gritty Batman movie, and that's the direction that I think people wanted after Burton, and they didn't get it. You know, this this was seen as a regression. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it fall from um, Batman Forever. I mean, it, it's kind of a bridge between uh, between the two uh, sets of films. I mean, I, I regard this series of Batman the same way I regard the Superman films. Superman one and two are Donner. Superman three and four are um, Lester. Well, Other. well, three is th- three is Lester. Four is. Um, uh, Sydney J. Fury, yeah. but it's that um, they're just two separate entities, but they exist together. One and two, three and four. I mean, it's just like these. It's, you got Batman, Batman Returns, and then you got these two, Forever and Batman and Robin. And I guess three was easier for people to swallow. I guess because it wasn't as goofy as this, but it was fun in a way. Yeah, and it, I mean the the Jim Carrey aspect. That was a character where you could go there. Yeah, I mean, Carrie was so he was hot at that time, you know. And and also, I mean, it would make sense for the the Riddler, even though that was not, I think, a particularly good Riddler. Um, but it would make sense for a Riddler like a Joker to be in something that's that broad. But then you move into characters that are not, you know, supposed to be colorful cartoons and go even broader with them it's just sort of a strange choice and I, I think i'm very intrigued by the fact that we're you know we're, we're seeing bane formed here and bane is is the villain of the next batman movie um you know this is this is really kind of interesting that he goes from this horrible interpretation of bane here not even faithful to the to the comics and you know i'm not a stickler about that but at least in the comics there was a character there uh there was supposedly a, a brilliant uh, you know, fighter and tactician that that with all of this, you know, chemical help is actually able to be Batman. This is just, you know, a thug and a murderer that doesn't even have a line of dialogue. Yeah, 
He has a line, doesn't he? Uh, he has a couple of lines. He has a word here. <laughs> well, he did. I thought he just yeah. grunted a but, lot. But uh, I knew Batman from the 70s. I'm probably older than you guys. And uh, uh, I didn't know Bane. So this is my first introduction to the character. I, I think he came quite a bit into the 80s, right? That was in the 90s he came around. 90s. He's Doomsday. He's Batman's Doomsday. So I had no idea who the character was except for this film. And I, I thought, I don't get it. Why is Bane such a big deal? I know he broke Batman's back, and but this is a terrible character. Yeah, I, I didn't know about him prior to this either. You know, I, I heard rumors before this movie came out that Bane was going to be in it. And I remember thinking, who's Bane? But, yeah, uh, that, all I knew about Bane at the time was that he was a big, strong dude that broke Batman's back. That's what I knew about Bane. But Bane is Batman's or Bruce Wayne's equivalent uh, intellectually and his superior physically. What is his origin in the in the comic books? Uh, I don't know exactly. I, I it was it's been years since I read it, but it was some some South American prison. There was some connection he had to Bruce Wayne and while he was in prison he trained himself and escaped and something like that. Um, but yeah, so it was it was kind of a strange, you know, sort of seen it before kind of origin. But it was for some reason he was driven to destroy Batman and he physically and mentally trained himself to do it much like, you know, Bruce Wayne did. So it it, it becomes this weird sort of other end of things. But then he's hopped up on this venom, which is like a super soldier. They even use the phrase super yeah, soldier formula that. in this um, that, that just sort of pumps him up. And that's what makes him stronger than Batman. Uh, so, I mean, I never really cared for the character that much in the comics, but it was it was never, you know, just this. It was never just a strong guy. So I, I'm intrigued to see what they do with him in uh, in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I'm excited. I, and I hate her because Poison Ivy... You mean, a, you, mean you hate Uma playing Poison Ivy oh, or yeah. just because, Ivy herself? I, no, I hate Uma because okay. Uma falls into the same trap that Tommy Lee Jones falls into, yeah, yeah. which is, oh, I'm in a Batman movie, so I've got to act crazy. Don't get me wrong, Poison Ivy is crazy as hell, but the, she has mo most of her time, she's, she spends being sane until you do something to a plant, and then she gets a little nutty. So, but this movie, she spends most of the time being nutty, and I, I just didn't like that about her. See, I, I really like that performance. I thought that she really does, and again, this is she is doing an old Batman TV show performance. Right. She is going broad. She is playing the camp. I mean, she could almost be a Saturday Night Live sketch. Well, this guy's playing it. He's hamming it. Oh up. yeah, he, and, I, and I love that. John Glover is his name. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he knows what kind of movie he's in and i think he he's you know playing it to a t i'm i'm intrigued by how straight clooney does play it though he is a little dull i love I how think. this even got a little batman logo. i think clooney is a little dull in this movie yeah he seems a yeah. little dispassionate at times yeah but that that just intrigues me that he's playing it so different than everybody else <laughs> oh that's a good point yeah that's true yeah i mean the other the other batmans they always had this um you know inner pain and uh, they they would they base their character on that, but yeah. he doesn't seem to have that in this film. There is no distinct distinction between how he plays Batman and Bruce Wayne. Everyone else plays them yeah. very differently. That's a very good point. But with Clooney, it's it's just no the way he talks. I mean, this is Batman without a mask, and when he's got the, I mean, it's just there's no not even kind of like the fake Bruce Wayne, but there's always this sort of 
real Bruce Wayne, but when he's at, like this Batman isn't going to scare anybody. No. You know, he gets up on stage to accept an award. This is not someone that, that's terrifying people yeah, at night. That's true. I mean, this is I remember seeing this in the theater and I, I remember thinking, wow, they're really grasping at straws for story when they're involving Alfred in the plot with this <laughs> with, with this illness. I like Michael Goff and I liked his portrayal, but they they it's just why why? It's when did Alfred never was he ever involved in any major storylines at all? Well, I'm sure he was. Yeah. I, I mean, they always kind of explained it as they were trying to create this sense of family. Now, I remember when my appreciation for this movie began, and this was right after the movie came out. I read this article in the Metro Times, which is a free local uh, newspaper uh, here in, in Detroit. And the review of this uh, movie was basically breaking the movie down as a gay allegory. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fair. And it was, you know, he's the the elder gay man, the aging queen, which was the, the term that was used. Uh, you know, clearly the older gay man, the younger gay man, the the uh, it was uh, Batgirl was a modern man-friendly lesbian. Poison Ivy <laughs> is an old-school man-hating lesbian. The only man that she can team up with is the man who's essentially a eunuch. Holy cow. And and actually, it lays it out. Where does Elle McPherson fit into this? Um, she's, just, she's just dangling on his arm. She's the beard. <laughs> and, and, and I'm reading this going, oh my god, this... This actually could all be intentional. This could be real. By the way, there's a there's a, a memory of Alfred when he was only 60 years old. <laughs> he's, he's 80 years old in this movie. Sorry, go on. But uh, it, it was this kind of alternative gay family sort of, of thing that was going on here. And I'm like, that's actually terribly subversive if that's really what they were going for here. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, the long holding the camera on the cod pieces is kind of a hint. Well, yeah, I don't know why that's in there. Yeah, it is. I mean, Schumacher's not gay, is right? Is he? I thought he is. None of the actors are gay. I, I don't he was. know. Everybody uh, thought he was gay. Aren't uh, they? Yeah, isn't that the rumor about everybody? Yeah. Oh yeah, Schumacher is. This yeah. is a well, this is a kind of a nice reveal for Poison Ivy. You know, yeah. I mean, one thing I wanted to ask you guys because I'm not very familiar with. The comic books, um, so I'm not very familiar with the villains in in the Batman universe, but I, I grew up watching the the the, the Adam West Batman, and uh, so I was familiar with him from from there. And I knew by this point when they got to this movie, and they had Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze, two villains that I, I don't think I'd ever heard of. And I wondered why do they keep using two villains? Don't they know they're they're not going to be able to make as many movies if they keep doing two villains a movie? Yeah, isn't that silly? Don't you think it would have been wiser um to stick to one villain per movie i think that's that be very quickly became the flaw of the superhero movie yeah very um, quickly we'll stick to two villains per movie because they actually get three or four stuffed into these things yeah i mean you got bane in here too yeah i don't know well, i didn't really count him because he's kind and, of a sidekick and that's what kind of i i think hurts just sort of structurally is you've got 
you know, you have to give basically her entire origin story with Freeze. You start off with him already Freeze, and then you tell it, you know, through oh, you know, little watching a videotape of what happened in the past. But there's a lot of who this person is and what they do that has to be introduced. And you would think by a fourth movie, well, one, don't kill the Joker in the first one. <laughs> um, don't kill the Penguin in the second one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I and, thought I thought Batman Returns would have been much stronger if we had just had Catwoman as opposed to with the Penguin. I mean, the Penguin yeah. character, as portrayed by Danny DeVito, was fine. But his backstory, I never found very invigorating in the mind. Uh, Catwoman, she's a very mysterious character. She's bad and good what is she nobody really knows she's always kind of played that divide i think they were going for that with poison ivy a little bit too you think so i think with batman returns there was just i mean and i think they're kind of even doing this now oh my god yeah this is I'm oh sorry. see at this point i look at this movie when he's when and i actually just watched that special that you know recently because it's uh it's christmas time sure I look at this and I go, now, how does anybody not realize this movie's a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, they were not trying at this point. <laughs> I, I just, to me, this is one of those moments where I wonder if the actors come up to the director on set and, is this is this really working, Joel? Um, what are we making here? Have you ever heard Schwarzenegger's commentaries? No, Schwarzenegger was totally into this scene, I guarantee it. Well, he's only... He's only done a couple of commentaries, I've heard, but... Uh, he loves crap like this. I heard he did one for Conan, and one, I know he has one on Total Recall. And Vivica I gotta Fox. give it to him. It looks like he really did shave his head for this. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, It's not a bald yeah. cap, yeah. He's well, kind of Dr. Manhattan-esque. Well, I'd shave my head for $20 million. He's got a big blue cock. <laughs> he yeah. does have a big blue cock. Yeah. This was... Uh, Vivica Fox was just had a little small bit and this was i guess when she was at her peak i suppose and in terms of the public view i mean she'd done booty call and i think independence day and so she was yeah. a, she was a name I, she, I haven't seen her much around lately well there because there's a call there uh freeze's wife is a sports illustrated swimsuit model and l mcpherson's in yeah, this yeah. so they have like a few gratuitous hotties mm. that'll get you mentioned on entertainment tonight bob kane's wife <laughs> <laughs> really just is it just me <laughs> yes <laughs> you know I, I kind of always wondered it, it going to batman returns if part of the reason for two villains isn't because you know one was batman was really sold on both jack nicholson and the joker i mean the joker is the ultimate batman villain i mean you're kind of like you know blowing your wad in your first movie you know, how do you follow that up? Mm -hmm. And and then you, you can't get act, an actor that is as big as Nicholson, especially for, for, you know, so kind of suited to a role. So, well, you go with two. You go two that are a little bit more than half of Nicholson. So could, that becomes twice as much. And, yeah, the Penguin and Catwoman aren't cooler than Joker, but maybe together they have enough cool to accept well, the Joker. And you know, it doesn't work. It just sort of cancels out. I thought that the Catwoman would have been just fine. I mean, they, despite how the movie turned out, they did try to make a movie out of Catwoman. You know, Holly oh, Berry sure. is Catwoman. They tried because Catwoman I, that's, is that's interesting. That's why Catwoman's coming back. I mean, I think Catwoman is a great Batman villain. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what one a travesty Catwoman I think, was. I, I mean, think with that one, it just becomes, at, at that point... 
you don't have a, a, an actor whose name is as big a draw as Nicholson would be, um, or you won't you don't have a female lead that's really going to be that big. Yeah, I mean, Nicholson set that movie on fire. I mean, there was so much controversy over Michael Keaton being cast. People would say, oh, Mr. Mom's Batman. And, you know, when Nicholson got attached to it, that's when the movie really started to catch she fire, was so isn't it? Cute. Yeah, she looks she nice. Was. Uncle I, Alfred in a little Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Yeah, she's 21 years old. Her uncle is 81 years old. How, how does that happen? And she No, uh, that, that happens. He, he's your great uncle. Well, yeah, they've gotten a lot of flack because she has no accent either. No, but he has a picture of her mother, and that picture of her mother, we'll see later, yeah. is like from 1940. It, it looks like the 40s. <laughs> see, this is a movie you're just not supposed to think about details like that. Exactly. Thinking about details in this film is a bad idea. Yeah, just, Why just, would you do that? You just got to let it wash over you in a warm... At this point, mood. you're just supposed to go, she's so pretty. Let me ask you this question, then. Let's talk Let's talk about it generally. We said that this, is, this movie is kind of owned by Schwarzenegger in some ways. Isn't it the case that... Um, well, obviously, The Dark Knight is owned by the Joker. Isn't Batman maybe a little bit dull of a character that once you get past the first movie, you can't... Uh, he can't carry a movie by himself. You have to give it to the villain. Uh, I no. Think that's, I think that's kind of true. I, it, it, it actually isn't. It's just that Batman, Batman. I don't know, he's, he's an interesting enough character, but he can't carry a big movie because you can do a very interesting, introspective, internal monologue, headpiece movie about Batman, but that doesn't work for a comic book movie where you need it to be big and make 200, 300, 400 million in its opening weekend. To to a degree, Batman Begins is probably the closest thing to that because the Scarecrow never really surfaces as as that significant uh, a, a part of the movie, and and yeah. the Ra's al Ghul reveal really is is at the end, so you don't yeah. even know who the villain is. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the closest to it. But uh, but then, you know, you, you've got an origin story kind of carrying that weight. So even then, Batman takes a backseat to Bruce Wayne. You know, the the title character, Batman, scary, spooky guy. I mean, once you know that he's, you know, a guy with high technology, you're not scared by him. Right. Um, you know, maybe maybe he's he's on his own. Playing him that way is not not interesting enough. And so, so Bruce Wayne has to be the one that carries it. Yeah, you're not going to have him have a real romance. They keep doing, trying to do it, but it's they're always very hollow. Whereas with Spider-Man or, or um, well, Iron Man, <laughs> even he's got a he's got a real life. He's got a love life. He's got you know friends. <laughs> well, it, oddly enough, if you did like uh, the Punisher movie, is almost how you actually have to do a Batman movie to have, make Batman interesting. Because okay. if I'm not mistaken, the and I mean the most recent Punisher Warzone, because I think there's a lot of internal monologue in that one. So it, it's 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 a weird thing about Batman. Uh, most of his stuff is internal monologue because he can't be on the rooftop just talking while bad guys are below him. It just doesn't work that way. Well, he can talk to Robin though. What do, what do you think of the character of Robin? Uh, Robin, Robin is an excellent character when handled correctly as a partner and not a sidekick. Yeah. Um, because he is Batman's partner. He is not He is not a sidekick. He started out as a sidekick, but at this point in time, he is not a sidekick and shouldn't be treated as such. And actually, this movie is, is the 
railing against being treated like a sidekick because he's not a sidekick. I'm just as good as you. That that kind of bothered me a little bit in this movie because I thought that felt sort of forced and heavy handed. Oh, it's, right. it's very forced. Right. You know, it, it never, especially because as you're watching, you're kind of like, well, Batman's wrong. He's not supposed to be wrong. Yeah. He's right. Batman. Batman does not make that choice. Yeah. It was okay in the previous movie when Robin was just becoming Robin and he didn't necessarily want to do it and be with Batman. But in this movie, that should all be settled by this point. They should be they should be the dynamic duo. You know, yeah. and they ne- they never do that in the movies. I just realized that because they aren't dynamic in, in the other one. And in this one, I guess for at, right at the beginning of the movie is about the only point that they're the dynamic duo. Right. But even then, well, even because then, the whole thing is played as her trying to come between them. Yeah, but but even then, Robin at, at the beginning of the movie is. I, I like how Bane's wearing a hat. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, look at this design here. Yeah, this. How do they get designed? <laughs> uh, observatory. An observatory inside a city limit being held into the sky by a giant statue. How yes. do you clean the windows? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm not it's, joking about that. How do you clean those windows? It's Gotham City; they don't clean anything. That's right. Yeah, that's all that. Yeah, you know, I think by you know by this point, I think you know they even admitted Clooney and Schumacher, like you know, how do we we can't keep putting in Batman as this guy who's constantly dealing with his inner demons? I mean, sooner or later he's going to get over them. So by this point. I think there was a flashback scene or something like that that they cut because it just wasn't necessary. And it's like, you know, Schumacher notes, well, you know, he's kind of already dealt with this in the past three films. Shouldn't he be over it by now? So he'd, he'd, he'd kind of been played out by this point. Well, the, the problem with it, shouldn't he be over this by now, then he wouldn't be Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's that, his whole driving force, that, but... That's become part of the thing with the comics, though, is is this question of is he is he insane um, because he's doing this, you know, kind of mentally disturbed by a, a trauma from his childhood, or was the trauma from his childhood an inspiration to try and prevent that? I mean, one is a conscious choice to do good; one is being driven by demons, and and Batman's kind of gone back and forth between those two. Uh, takes over the years and certainly the one where he's he's more tortured is became the dominant one for a long time uh but you're seeing the reverse of that now i think batman throughout the comics has gotten a lot lighter i mean i th- i find it ironic that camp at this time was unacceptable but now you come to batman the brave and the bold which yeah. is a very broad adam west campy thing but because it's a cartoon created for kids and also 20 minutes long and not trying to sustain a two hour long movie. Uh, it's, it, it's fine again. So it's like, it, it's just sort of strange that these different takes of Batman lightning and darkening over the years, um, when he's actually at his darkest in the, in the movies. Oh yeah. He's got a very, very bright cartoon at the same time. You know, I'm surprised there's not a lot of love from, um, from people who were kids when this movie came out. I mean, little kids. Cause when you think about it, like, say uh, you take a TV show like uh, the Power Rangers, you know, they were really hot, like in the mid 90s, you know, that show is cheesy as all hell. Right. But people who are older now who watch that show when they were really little kids have a lot of warm, nostalgic feelings about it. Yeah. And you think they would have that same kind of feeling for this. I mean, because this is just as cheesy as that. 
I, I think I think there it is while they tried to make something that is toyetic and colorful and bright and funny, they also made something like we've mentioned that has long, boring passages <laughs> that is going to lose the interest of a child and then the child doesn't want that toy. Yeah, that's true. I mean the the well, Power Rangers movie like did the, make where we are right now in the movie, it's like Okay, this is just some exposition, and oh, we got to make sure that Bruce Wayne is—he's—he's he's, people are first, but I still want to save the environment. And what a coincidence! There's a rainforest thing. I mean, this—whenever we get out of the neon people in rubber fighting, the movie just starts to drag. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know the the Power Rangers didn't commit that sin. I mean, their film was 80 minutes of that in their sequel too. Yeah, that's why this we've, we've mentioned this before. This movie is a great movie for me to catch in a half an hour increment here or there. Yeah, literally the only purpose for this scene is for them to have a non-confrontation. It, it doesn't it develop anything. Yeah. That's why I love her. And hate her. Yeah, it was just a, okay, we have to give her some more screen time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's literally why I don't like her because that's what they, that's what they spend the movie doing with her is giving her screen time and there's no point for her to be there. She's completely unnecessary. If you pull that storyline out, the movie's fine. Like if you just make it freeze, yeah, that, and, and ha- it, that could like, be. Well, good. if you pull that storyline out, then it really is a gay allegory. That's all that's left. Then, then it becomes well. We've got to put uh, Summer Gleason in the animated series. Why? Because there's no di- there's no other chicks. There's nobody. Well, can't we use Vicky Vale? Nobody knows who Vicky Vale is. Right. So yeah, but they but they have hot chicks all around. This is the swimsuit model. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love her. I want to marry her. Oh, sorry. <laughs> One more diamond. Ooh, One more was- diamond. Well, those both sounded good. I've never been able to do a good Arnold. Uh, we had a whole episode about Arnold. We got pretty good at it. <laughs> that is a good episode. Yeah. It's a horrible episode. Her name is Vendela Curseborn Thormson. Now we're all just watching the movie. It's. <laughs> It's now, see, this this is a crazy scene. No, it's not a crazy scene. It's insane. What the <laughs> fuck is this doing in the movie? And now a big neon jungle. And of course. This is the scene where Batman uses all of these people as bait, and many of them are almost killed. Well, and also the the only, what, like, these are the only black people in the movie? A couple of them? <laughs> like... Yeah. There's no black people in this film. They're yeah, like, they're oh, yeah, we don't need them. I don't think even the criminals are black in this movie. That's, but I that's do how... love this. Oh, just a gala affair, and Batman's going to be presenting a diamond. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> Diamonds. They they make uh, the chief. What's his name? Chief um, Gordon. Chief Gordon, such a tool in this movie. <laughs> At least I mean, just, this. This least, is the same character played by Gary Oldman in the the right. uh, other two. It's just crazy. I mean, at least in the in the Tim Burton Batman's, he was uh, he, I, well, at least in the first one, he was he was like, I don't want help from this guy. He's a vigilante. Now he's completely dependent on him. Well, yeah, I mean, this is very much the Adam West, com- the Batman Commissioner Gordon relationship from the comics of the fifties and and sixties and the the TV show. Yeah, very much so. 
Yeah. And this was just crazy. They show up and yeah, this is this outfits. Is yeah, I don't I don't get the monkey. It's um, I don't know because you know it, this movie you know it isn't something you're really supposed to think about, but when you do start to think about it, it it does. Why why is she? What what are with these costumes? It is a bit. Yeah, it's a jungle theme. What was the meeting like? Oh, yeah. Where someone said, "Wait a minute," she strips out of a big gorilla costume. Well, I'll tell you where that comes from. That's a Marlena Dietrich reference. Oh, really? She, she stripped out of a big gorilla costume? Yeah, I can't think of the... Uh, I'll, I'll have to look it up, but um, it comes directly from a Marlena Dietrich movie. Okay. That's a strange thing to reference in a Batman movie. Oh, nipples! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, her suit does have nipples. Her suit has nipples. That would actually be awesome if there was just a, a drinking game of drinking every time nipples appeared on, <laughs> on somebody in this movie. <laughs> And her wonderful dust. Her dust. It can pinpoint dudes from across the room. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> and then I like yep. Clooney's reaction. That just kind of quick shake. Yeah, but uh, 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 what's his name? Chris O'Donnell really sold it. Yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, baby. oh, baby. He 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 almost orgasmed on stage. It's his best acting in the film. He- He's not good. Now, Uma is also a fine-looking woman here. Yeah, she's, she's got... Oh, I didn't say she was ugly. Well, no, no, she is. But there's been some uh, people like to argue whether or not she is attractive or not. Some people think yeah. she is, and some people think she isn't. I mean, That's I think she's, crazy talk. I think she's an attractive woman, and I think she, she looks really good in this movie. I like her, yeah. Yeah, the older she gets, the less attractive she's gotten recently. But this was when she was still at, at the... What she because she was a model before she became an actress, if I'm I'm not mistaken, right? I'm was sure. It? I, th- I think. Yeah, so. I don't know. Aren't all of them? A, a lot of them are, and and she's still in that. I'm still kind of model hot, you know. Oh. Now, not so much. You know, I recently read uh, the book the The Devil's Candy about the making of the bonfire, the vanities. You know, the travesty that was the film adaptation, apparently. Sure. And uh, uh, she tried out for the role that Melanie Griffith. Uh, got I, f- I found that interesting. This was when she was very very young. I mean, this is late '80s, but I found that interesting that uh, yeah. she did that. She could have been in that movie, but um... but instead she chose this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't choose this one. Her agent was like, uh, "They're going to give you ten million dollars to do this movie," and she probably got maybe she got double digit millions because she was pretty big in '97, wasn't she? Yeah, but I don't think she would have gotten that much. Maybe maybe two million no. at the time. Women are very underpaid compared to men in Hollywood. Yeah, I don't think she was that big at the time. I mean, when I think back to her career around now, at this time, I think of like Truth About Cats and Dogs and Gattaca. Yeah, the only one who got paid on this one was Schwarzenegger. Yeah, even Clooney didn't get paid that much, did he? No, because they can always say, "Hey, you'll be the third fucking Batman. We can find someone else." Well, he was just a TV guy. You know, he right. wasn't yeah. even an established yeah. movie star yet. I mean, That's had the right. had the Peacemaker even come out yet? Or... Yeah, this could have destroyed him. I think Peacemaker came out before this, with, with and it's got Batman and his girlfriend in it. That's pretty funny. I didn't even think about that. Uma Thurman had done Pulp Fiction before this in 94, as well as Beautiful Girls and Truth About Cats and Dogs and even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Yeah, She right. was 27 at this time. Clooney was 36 yeah. and yeah. O'Donnell was 27. She's My favorite moments coming up. Oh, yeah. I was about to say that. 
Cha-ching. There we go. Bad. <laughs> Credit card. Never leave the cave with it. Oh, man. man. I just love the fact yeah. they have the sound effects of the cash register when he pulls it out. It's <laughs> cha-ching. Well, it has to. Well, see, that's the answer to the question. Where does he get all those wonderful toys? Yeah, he charges it. Exactly. Doesn't it say on his card, good through forever? Forever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman forever. As a reference to the other movie. Everybody, <laughs> chill. chill. Come on, yes. <laughs> Every single line is <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, everything's a pun on ice, isn't it? Just about everything he oh, says. Yeah. Well, not, not only that, I mean, if it's not a pun, it's just a completely pointless line. His other line there was, get the gun. Why do you have to even write that line? <laughs> because he was like, wait, you have to give me something to say here. I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to, you have to do it with your Arnold impression, too. I'm not very good. I, I can say some of his lines like Arnold, but I I can't say, I can't just talk like him. Can you say the one that uh, won Best Geek Fight or Best no, Geek Fight? No, I still from can't Conan. say from Conan. Uh, what is it? I can't remember the line right what now. What is Best in Life? Crush the enemies. Crush yes. your enemies. Uh, see them driven before you, <laughs> and hear yeah. the lamentation of their the women. women. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Kneel before you. Lamentation. Sorry. Lamentation. What's it? Lamentation, yeah. You don't want to be laminated. No. Yeah, I said laminated like a hundred times. Yeah, you did. And they just kept making me say it. Oh, does it work on the cold-hearted? <laughs> I'll say this about these two characters. He's cold. She's a hothouse plant, right? I think they the, the two villains go well together in this film as foils. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a great idea, and and there's even kind of the you know they work with each other, but then they also betray each other sort of thing. But uh, it's it's just so much of the other stuff. It's always a weird shot. Cool party. <laughs> and then he gets into that ridiculous machine. <laughs> and that was one where uh, I guess the the toy people. Said was what? Are, what does Mister Freeze's vehicle look like? And they were like, "He doesn't have a vehicle. But he's got to have a vehicle. Everybody has to have a vehicle." Okay, Why? I guess Mister Freeze is gonna have a vehicle now. Yeah, you gotta yeah. love that. Needs more spikes. <laughs> well, yeah, so kids can poke themselves in the eye, duh. <laughs> Let me ask you this: uh, Our film was written by Akiva Goldsman. Goldman, no Goldsman, sorry, with the S. Um, he wrote Batman Forever. But he also wrote Lost in Space. Well, Lost in Space, that's a winner. Practical Magic. He also wrote A Beautiful Mind. Really? And iRobot. Wow. Cinderella Man. He wrote a lot of big movies. I don't like his writing, though. Uh, yeah, me either. Uh, well, even, you... even A Beautiful Mind, I was kind of like, okay, that was... Me too. That was quite good, but that was, you know... that. One, it just like I'm surprised it was him. I mean, he he became one of those guys that was sort of the the definitive of a hack for a while. I am Legend, Da Vinci Code, ugh. Well, I mean, he's got some he's, a, he's got some good stuff in there, but a lot of like Lost in Space. I mean, that movie's just goofy. He's a go-to guy for a lot of really kind of missed opportunities. I think. I think so too. 
I think he's the guy that gets the credit is what uh, is what I think it ends up being. Or the blame. I think it's, yeah. Well, no, I think he's the guy that after they've had 15 writers on the project, they come to him and he cleans it up and he gets the credit. But he didn't do half the shit that's in the, in the script. He just fixed it. So they had something well, they could actually show. This was one where I think they were writing and producing kind of a, a lot at the same time. I don't think this was tight in terms of they had anything locked down. That was Oh, I agree. That yeah. was one of the issues was they it was oh, the Batman Forever was a huge hit, so uh, let let's crank out another one quickly. I mean, you know, this one may have may have some of the creative choices might have gelled better if they would have actually took yeah. the time to go, no, that's not going to work. That's a nice shot. I mean, but look how goofy this is. I mean, they're they were literally driving down the arm of a giant statue, and they jumped off his fingers. I mean, this is just surreal. What, that was another thing that my nephew had problems with at eight years old. They would just fall off that, he said. Well, and my my issue was Batman doesn't think Robin's going to be able to make it. He's the one on the motorcycle. Right. Yeah, you know, it was a fucking it probably, giant ice for ice car made it. Oh, wait, Batman's going to fly. He's going to defy gravity here. But I found it He's odd. Yeah, look, 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 look. He's defying gravity. What? what? <laughs> and and what? It, what? I always wonder what happened here. Was there a cut scene? No, it's yeah, one of the most was... awesome moments. He's just they, standing they... there posing for nobody. And the... <laughs> no, he's not posing for nobody. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, they were posing for the pictures on the back of the DVD or the VHS, <laughs> and they had the fucking film running. This is the cover for Entertainment <laughs> Weekly. Yeah. Yes, I guarantee you, that's where that comes from. And they just put I it believe in the movie. that is called voguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is where it gets pretty heavy handed with the you won't let me be. Oh, come on, Dick, you have to listen to me. It's my yeah. rules, my house. Some of it is a little okay because they've been affected by poison ivy's uh uh pheromones or whatever. So but you're right. I mean, it goes down the same route that we had the in the previous movie, and it's just too heavy-handed. Well, they're they're trying to fit what fifty or sixty years worth of conflict between these two characters into two five-minute scenes in this movie. <laughs> it just well, doesn't work. And it, it's also just this because part of that is they're trying to make this thematic point about family and that's what all of the stuff with with alfred and with batgirl is all about and that's that's kind of you already have two villains and two heroes i mean yeah i mean we had robin in the last movie and now you're going to have a third hero and kind of a sidekick villain um maybe we don't need another layer added to that right Especially a layer that winds up taking up so much screen time and really dragging things down. Like, you know, this, yeah, you know, maybe this is nice stuff, but at this point, you've got too much other stuff to, too many balls in the air. We don't really need this. Yeah, see, this is the dead, this is one of the dead spots we were talking about, Mike. I mean, okay, Ms. Freeze has been captured. Ivy is what doing whatever, but look, they're, they're sitting back, they're relaxing, they have no worries. It's like, well, where's the danger now? Where, where, there's nothing happening in this movie. There's no stakes. He's, you right. know, there, there's yeah. like a tag off to now Ivy's story, and we're gonna get the Batgirl crap. 
I mean, that's pretty much where we re- exactly. get Batgirls into things. And did you notice, like, rewatching this, I noticed that Alicia Silverstone disappears from this movie for a while. I mean, we're not going to see her again. Yeah, where's she been? Yeah, she's going off to motorcycle tournaments, but she's she's gone for a while. And this I have forgotten a, she was in it. A lot of what wound up being wrong in Spider-Man 3. I mean, that's what, when you really don't have, you. some people have been able to integrate the two villains into one story. But uh, when that fails and you basically just have two half movies devoted to different villains that combine somehow at the end, uh, that that's not good storytelling. And yeah, I mean, all of this stuff, it just, oh, well, we got to give, give Chris some more time and maybe we can set up some pot. Is there some romantic tension here? Because, you know, we could, right. we could have him want a banger. Yeah, well, there's unfortunately I this. I don't think there's any chemistry between these two actors. They're fine no. in, individually, and I think Alicia Silverstone is fine as as an actress. I think this movie definitely did not help her career. I've seen her act much better. I mean, she was in, was it Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser? I mean, that yes, movie was right. it was a cute movie. It was all right, and she's she doesn't act anything like this. And this, she's, it's like she to me, it seems like she was on drugs during this movie. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Something was wrong with her. Like she was on medication or something. Well, it also seems, and if you look at the scenes that she's been in so far and what she has seen of them, uh, I don't think she knows what movie she's in the way that Uma knows what movie she's in. You know, maybe maybe she's just playing this kind of straight. Yeah. And uh, and and that even like because Clooney with Clooney, it seems a little bit more deliberate. I think he's he's kind of realizes it's almost like a, a, a like Adam West kind of delivering it. Sort of I mean, not really straight, but well, yeah, not no, really not really kind of going for the camp in the same way. But, yeah. Yeah. You're funny because you are playing it straight. You're not but, acknowledging that. You know, this is, you know, like, you know, Leslie Nielsen does in the Naked Gun movie. Right. Yeah. yeah but Alicia, she's she doesn't she thinks she's in one of Tim Burton's movies. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think Uma had an easier job in that sense because she was playing a madcap over the top villain. I mean, she knew kind of where to go. I mean, you got Alicia here playing Batgirl who isn't explored, you know, in terms of her personality. So she didn't I don't think she really knew what direction to go in. You know, to ham it up or play it straight or what. And I think that's why we get this kind of uneven mix. And, and then you you also have the added problem for her, which is if you if she's looking at the animated series for Batgirl, Batgirl's a completely different character than the, what's written on the page for her here. And Batgirl's a completely different character compared to the 1960s version of Batgirl. So she's really in a conundrum, and that's why she's not in the film but for what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they and just this, get rid of her. <laughs> and this is Jesse Ventura, isn't he? Yeah, we got two governors on screen. Yeah, that's funny. Again. <laughs> what do you think of the tax base, Jesse? I mean, this is just so silly. I mean, they wheeled him in, in in a refrigerator, and then they said you have to stay in the cool zone, and it's literally a beam of light coming down over the bed. <laughs> and I just find it funny to think about the logistics. I'm like, well, how does he go to the bathroom? I want to see a toilet. <laughs> No, I mean, seriously, it's just like, shouldn't they? I he, saw a sink, but I didn't see a toilet. He doesn't need to go to the bathroom. Okay. Because, you know, people, he's got a cold heart, just like he said. Cold right? Heart. Isn't that... <laughs> cold heart if people don't use the bathroom. Right. And what the hell is this crazy Dayglow gang? <laughs> yeah, I found this odd. I couldn't dis- I couldn't understand. They had, this is like a callback to forever. They had that, that crazy yeah, neon. True gang back then but this is just way over. i mean if that was 100 percent, this is a thousand percent this is just weird 
I call it bold-ass Gotham criminals. So that's what Gotham is full of, and that's why they need a Batman. Just crazy motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this... yeah, you know what this is? All these colors in this movie? This is Batman in Dick Tracy. You guys remember that yeah. Dick Tracy movie bit, with yeah. Warren Beatty? I mean, that movie was beautiful. It, the, I mean, cinematography, the set design. Um, it was it was great. That's exactly what Dick Tracy should look like on screen. And this is just like Batman fighting in whatever Dick Tracy's city is. I, I don't know. But uh, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is the cartoon brought to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. Even their chains are neon. I mean, it's. Yeah. Did you hear the cartoon sounds? Yeah, there, there were literally cartoon yeah. sounds right there. I recalled yeah. hearing those those sounds. My volume's down, but I have my subtitles on. But uh... see, it, what is she? What, what is she just finding a layer for herself? Is that this yes. whole sequence? Okay, it's a Turkish bath because she needs the heat. You see? Yeah, you know, it's, it's all logic. It's all it, logic. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, the villains or the the protagonists finding their lair can be interesting i mean i remember blank man's discovery being more interesting than this one <laughs> um you know <laughs> it was that, that just kind of goes to the you know this this is just like a checklist of what's supposed to be in a superhero movie mm-hmm. you know we've got to have the origin story we got to have a lair we got to have funny one-liners you know just it's all very script bot which i think was common with uh, a lot of Goldsman stuff is it just it there, there's ideas but not a lot of real logical connective tissue sometimes yeah in his defense he's actually his most recent stuff is uh, writing a bunch of episodes of Fringe which is a good show well you know the guy has had a successful career like him or not I mean true and and again he delivers what uh, what he is asked and he's brought back to do that multiple times. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of times, even, even the people who write stuff, Mm -hmm. especially when they see it on screen, just kind of go, Oh God, I got paid. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I can't lay claim to anything. I mean, but look at Akiva Goldsmith, uh, or uh, Joel Schumacher. People don't have a lot of great things to say about them these days, but they've had careers. They've, they've accomplished things. They've put movies out. They've made movies. That's not an easy thing to do. And to have a sustained career in Hollywood, that's almost impossible. That's harder than winning the lottery, you would think. So the fact that they accomplished that, I mean, even Uwe Boll, who we were talking about before we started this, at least he's out there making movies, doing what he wants, despite the fact that nobody likes them. So, yeah, I think you give him too much credit. I think that once you get into the movies, uh, you can be uh, terrible at your job. And <laughs> because of I think even if you once know, you get your foot in the door, it's hard, you know, yeah. think about that. Well, certainly that's true for actors. I'm not so sure about directors and writers. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, once you once you have one hit, people imagine, well, he's going to recapture that somehow. You know, he knows what he's doing. And God forbid if you have two. If yeah, you but, have two hits, you're you're yeah. set for life. You don't have to do anything. And look at M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, oh. M. Night Shyamalan had one or two hits, and then everything else has been a miserable failure. And yet he still gets movies made. Well, yeah, isn't he... I didn't think he was going to get work after The Last Airbender, because I heard that was a, a really bad movie. But I guess yeah, he's but, you know, In the end, it's going to be about how much money they generate, not about the reaction. And Signs made a ton of money. Right. True. So yeah, it's a good point. That 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 buys you like three more flops 
<laughs> and then, you know, maybe you can stretch that into one or two more. I would be, I've not heard his name attached to anything after Airbender. Uh, and, you know, you know, there's so much of this is just, hey, this dude's my buddy and someone's going to cut him a break. But, yeah, that's, you know, Schumacher had a, continued in a, a career after this. I mean, even though he's mocked for this, he uh, he can still keep working in this. This didn't make a lot of money, but maybe stuff that followed this up made enough. Mm-hmm. I bet they made plenty of money in the merchandise. True. Yeah. This I, very I mean, it, ra- rarely does something this big lose it, money. In it the did. World. I mean, you know, it did turn a profit. I mean, you always got to factor in the overseas gross, and yeah. this this so this movie did make a profit theatrically, but people but don't... certainly not enough to be invited back to do another one because mm. that's the thing is these are these are expensive movies a lot of times is someone that, like schumacher doing a smaller budget movie was that a clockwork orange call there? yeah okay. i think so yeah okay the droogie droogs there <laughs> yeah 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 and this just whole you know i don't know i don't coolio get... yeah it doesn't because he have a cooking ha- show now does he have a cooking show? I, somebody sent me a. I'm not kidding. Somebody sent me a link to a video on YouTube, and he has a cooking show. I'm not. That's I'm awesome. not serious. Yeah, it's like it's like cooking with Coolio. No, no. I, I'm just no. There's no cooking with Coolio. What's funny is, is he I'm went from kidding. here to uh, Daredevil. He was in the uh, director's cut of Daredevil. You're right. Yeah, that's that's right. What happened to him? He was so. Don't go see comic book movies with Coolio in them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Daredevil is a bit stronger than this film, I guess. The director's cut was better. I've heard, yes. See, look, man, it is taking, it feels like it's taking forever to get. Yeah, we're like, where the fuck has Batman been? And it's like, oh, yeah, Batgirl's in this movie? I forgot. So, yeah, that's where this is just all over the place. Too many. Too many things that we have to kind of get jammed in here. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what part of the problem is that these scenes, they only do one thing. The only reason for that uh, poison ivy scene was to establish her lair. She wasn't doing anything else. The only reason for this scene is to establish uh, that she's a, a girl who wants adventure. It doesn't do anything else. Yeah, you're right. It's just it's just that. It's nothing else. I mean, it's. I've heard Lucas say things similar to that. You know, when you're doing a scene, an expository scene, you want to do multiple things at the same time to keep the audience engaged, you know, to, to move the story along at a faster clip. But uh, with this, you're right. It is just this one thing. It's just, yeah, she's adventurous and, and that's it. And who cares? I mean, this sequence isn't even remotely interesting. I mean, right. I, I'd rather watch... Uh, too fast too furious or tokyo drift or whatever those movies are called or biker boys i mean yeah what they kind of missed from the other chase scene is not that people who are going to be watching this movie want to see a chase scene they want to see a batman chase scene right if it was a cool a cool batman chasing if this was the batmobile chasing you know something not that stupid freeze car but something else that would be cool but this is just a, a a race, you know, Oh, yeah. when they're racing in, through the weird streets of Gotham. If you had Batman or Robin actually saying, okay, we've put away the, uh, the bad guys for now, I'm going to stop this illegal racing. And then he ends up discovering that Barbara is part of the illegal racing. Now you've moved plot and character forward in one scene. Yeah. And then, and, and engage us with something a little more, especially something like this where I really can't tell anybody apart. Yeah. You're right. So yeah. I don't know who's who. 
It's like there's people on on motorcycles. It's her, and then a bunch of other people. And mm-hmm. I don't know who any of the other people are, other than they are gangs. I mean, nobody, everybody's face is obscured except for hers, basically, when they go to the close-ups. That's because they have four, uh, what, wait, no, two stunt bike drivers, and they just keep using them over and over again. <laughs> right. Well, we're not supposed I'm not to know joking. That's, uh, well, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know, I know, but we're not supposed to know that that's um, Chris O'Donnell. And, you know. And Chris O'Donnell can't actually ride a motorcycle, so... I just looked it up. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan has a movie called After Earth in production for next year. Oh, is it one that he's actually directing or producing? Because he did Devil. Directing, yeah. Directing. Okay, because it wasn't Devil? Devil. He did Devil. He produced Devil after the fact. Yeah, that one about the uh, elevator. Well, you know. Uh, yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, go ahead. I, I, I cut somebody off. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, because Shyamalan, I mean, in, in comparing him to Schumacher. I've seen Schumacher interviewed, and I like him. He seems like a very modest. Um, he has humility. He knew what he was doing when he made this movie, and, and there's a sincerity in that. But I've seen Shyamalan interviewed, and that guy is an egomaniac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is in love with himself. He thinks everything he does is gold. Yeah. And the fact that his movies don't do well, it's not his fault. It's everyone else's fault. They, oh, you don't, you don't get it. I mean, didn't he put? A movie critic in his movie, the the lady in the p- swimming pool. Yes, the lady in the water. Yep. And yeah, the critic was the villain or something like that. And he <laughs> he cast himself in his own movie. He was in that movie as like the savior of humanity or something. A brilliant writer. Yeah. Yeah. The guy is in love with himself. I'm like, dude, get over yourself already. You're you're you put your pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. Sure, you've made movies, and I my hats off to you. I haven't made a movie and haven't gone to theaters, but. Yeah, come on now, man. I mean, not every movie you make is going to be the sixth sense. And, you know, actually, none of them have been. None of them have been. Yeah. Well, he he thinks they are in his mind, I think. How do you like her line there, by the way? Uh, you know, he cooks and cleans for you and you call him family. Yeah, that's what a family does. <laughs> yeah, sort of. <laughs> Somebody yeah, has that, to do it. That's another thing that's kind of like the artificial conflict mm-hmm. that she's going to take. Uncle Alfred away from this horrible servitude and yes, again yes. this layer of you know I'm intrigued by this idea of you know is this a a a family you know this idea of a family doesn't have to follow a certain structure and you know all of that stuff and I think that is kind of an interesting notion of a superhero family and they certainly were the Batman family but it's just the the way that it's handled and hammered home in this movie is just so thick no, I thought this was kind of sweet. Oh, this little figure in the in the. Yeah, he makes this little. Because uh, didn't he have that in the animated series? Or something. Uh, well, like he, he had something similar, and her. He had her. <laughs> in a in a big frozen thing. That's the way he does things. That's why I love Mister Freeze. Well, she's not dead yet. He's gonna cure her eventually. He's hoping, right? Yeah. Well, that's you know, exactly. You know, one of the things I wanted to, to bring up. You know, what inspired me to want to do this uh, was the fact that, you know, you and, uh, you know, Mike and, and, and Damon really like this movie despite its flaws and its campiness. But and I and I love that. I what one of the things that I find interesting about movies like this is when people have passion for uh, a film like this, they can see the good in it. And that makes me love it even more. 
And hearing them talk about it on their show on Geek Fights, it just made me want to go back and rewatch it. And I had a great time, even, despite its you know dead spots. It's just so much fun. And there's something about a movie like this where it's a joy of performing. You can see it in the actors and in the direction. You can see that they were they they were they were having a good time making what they were making. So I don't. It, it doesn't seem like a blatant you know, cash grab, say like a, a Transformers film or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. if you watch like a mystery science theater movie, like one of my favorite mystery science theater episodes is uh, one called Time Chasers. Uh, are you guys familiar with that episode? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not at all. It's, it's one of their best. It's, it's awesome. The, but the movie was, it's just this really low budget made in the 90s about a guy who makes a time machine out of a Cessna, an airplane. He's like this geeky community college scientist but it's made on a very low budget, you know, local actors. But they, you could tell that they were just really nice people who just wanted to make a good, fun movie. And they did the best they could with what they had. And I don't hold them accountable for any, anything other than that. I can see the joy in it. So that is why I not only own the Mystery Science Theater version of that, I also own the movie <laughs> Time Chasers. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And it's fun to watch. And they came out with a special edition of it. There's a commentary on it with the actors and the director. And That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome because they're just regular folk who were like, hey, we just wanted to make a movie. And you could see they were trying so hard. And I see that in this. There's there's a joy in it. And I don't see a joy in, in some other movies. Like, um, I know I just brought up um, you know, Transformers or like uh, Armageddon. You know, I know it's not right. Michael Bay. Yeah. I, keep, I keep bringing up Michael Bay. I, somebody give me something else that's not Michael Bay. <laughs> no, I'm right on board, though. Michael Bay's the right guy to... Uh, I think he's very calculating and uh, that he doesn't have a passion and a joy that you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's just it's just for the money and it, it's it's gloss. There's no substance. And at least with this, I can feel some substance, some some passion, some sincerity in what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean, they, I, that, that idea of making a big live action cartoon uh, which you know, again, ironic because that's not at all what the actual cartoon was like. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that really comes through in the look and in the performances, and to a degree in the the fact that there's a lot of all of those things where the answer is just don't think about it. Well, that's that's kind of a staple of a lot of cartoons. I mean, again, not necessarily Batman cartoons of this time, but you know, nobody questions how the coyote can afford to by dynamite that's just (laughs) what happens in cartoons Mm -hmm. and 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 that's the thing is i think that this is they chose a cartoon for something that is not or was not at this time cartoony you know i mean yeah it's a it's a legitimate choice because batman has been like this but it's also for people who do appreciate and and uh like especially the post uh, comic book Dark Knight Batman, the Frank Miller Batman. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought this was kind of insulting because it was going back to the, hey, look at this, comic books are, are for yeah. kids. I mean, and a lot of comic book fans hated that. It, yeah, it's not as like Batman hadn't existed in this form before. I mean, he's been in different incarnations, correct? I mean, in different kinds of forms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Batman's one of the most pliable characters in fiction. Well, I think... Okay, we were talking about this before we started, and I think why people were so offended by this is because they held these movies up, particularly this one, to the standard of the Michael Keaton Batman. And when you go back 
and look at that movie when you actually look about it not just remember it if you go back and watch it it's it's not that great really i agree it's, yeah it's not it's it's okay it, they did okay with what they had and the same goes well some prefer batman returns over the first one but to me it's kind of apples and oranges but those movies are remembered actually very well but when you go back and watch them they're just not that stellar of a film really so I think they were holding up to that 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 standard of 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 um, of memory and nostalgia for for something that wasn't all that great to begin with. I think people were just so surprised that it came out so well because people were people were afraid it was going to be Adam West Batman. You remember when right, the, right. the original? Batman? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that the first two Batman movies are good, and these are not good. I will say that. <clears throat> I I think the first two are good. They're just not as good as i remembered them but that's you know a lot of that is context and certainly the first batman movie um got a lot wrong but it got so much right in terms of of the tone and the feel and and some really interesting choices and, and ways to, i mean i still think you know michael keaton is a is a great idea um well he was a good actor and he could play the part the right way sure yeah yeah, I mean, it was it was not the obvious choice for Batman, and that's what I liked. And even, you know, when you get to something like this, this is not an obvious choice to go back and take him back to a, a very campy place. Um, but I, I appreciate seeing things like that. It just, you know, the other problems with the movie and myself, like I'm... I, I I love the the Batman uh, TV show, but not nearly as much as I like things like Batman Year One and, and the Dark Knight and the Killing Joke and things like that. I mean that that is my Batman, and that's the Batman that I prefer, and that's why I you know the the Nolan Batmans are so considerably more satisfying for me. But I I'm not gonna hate this movie because it's not that. There are other problems with it, but. Uh, you know, again, this is a this is really kind of a strange suit. You know, the more that I, I kind of look at that, how these really are these strange sort of male nudes, which is very much like a, a comic book costume, mm. um, but really kind of getting away from the utilitarian stuff in Batman Returns and in uh, Nolan's Batman's. Right. So you know, look at this. You know, we're finally getting back into the the the, the plot here with the. The battle between Freeze and Ivy and Batman and Robin, but even now the pace is just so slow. Because we we're working on that McGregor syndrome subplot, yeah. Yeah, it, it's lost so much momentum. You know, it's just it's just really struggling to pick it up again. And this is another area where it's like, what they start doing and talking about doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, when you get into that, your you know your eight year old nephew realizes that that can't possibly work, and yeah, in a cartoon you can get away with that, but I think that's harder to get a. You can try to do that in a live action thing, but they have not really pushed it that far. They're trying to do like a Super Friends cartoon, which when you look at that, you knew was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, why do you think that um, this movie f w failed so strongly, and then he had the Fantastic Four, which is pretty goofy as well, and that movie was a hit and it got a sequel. Well, I'll tell you what though. A lot of these movies live and die on the previous film, and I think that audiences um, looked at the previous film and said, "Okay, I'm done with this. This, 
you know, so they didn't go to see this film. Whereas with the Fantastic Four, um, they thought maybe it'll be good. It's the first one of the series, you know, maybe this will be new and fresh and good. And uh, I think that, I don't know how well the second one did, but uh, I think that a lot of these series films live on the reputation of the previous film. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I think there's also like this, the Fantastic Four didn't make more money than this. It just cost considerably less money than this. Oh, really? Yeah. And this had a huge marketing campaign. Oh, yeah, it was everywhere. And, and that's kind of one of the, the big problems is when they get a movie this big, because um, this was this was big, huge, expensive tentpole movie. Uh, yeah. and they spend that much money on marketing it, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be huge. Whereas the fantastic, and then also the fantastic four, I think was more clearly for kids. So a lot of adults may not have, have responded to it. The people went into, went into this hoping for a different Batman, but they didn't really have a different fantastic four to hope for. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right. There and was I, no, there was I also no think Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man really changes the landscape of superhero movies to make them a little bit more fun. Yeah. What was the first Spider-Man movie? What, what year did that come out? You remember 2000, 2002, 2000. Yeah. Okay. Was it 2002? Yeah. It was, yeah. It's yeah. 2002 because that trailer <laughs> from right. the teaser. From 2001. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, you get a totally different kind of longing for a, a classical hero whereas this is this is still the 90s we're heading towards the millennium at this point we're heading towards the 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 great dark apocalypse that didn't happen so yeah you know i think the darker heroes were a little bit more what people wanted yeah i think you got to go back and look at this movie in, in that context of the era because people now have the chris christopher nolan batman and that's a completely different style but <clears throat> with this you got to think back. I mean, I remember in 1989 when Batman came out, I was, I don't know, maybe seven years old or something. And that movie was huge. I mean, it was huge. It was everywhere. Sorry, which and, one? <clears throat> the first Batman, 89. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> that movie was huge. And there hadn't been a comic book movie like that. I mean, not, not to my knowledge. And that, that movie was everywhere. And uh, so, I mean, that really kick-started that whole, uh, you know, big, comic book summer franchise thing really and so you know this movie did have a lot to live up to and now it's even i think looked upon even worse because because of nolan because of the the realism and the darkness that he brought to this to this new batman franchise let's remember too what else came out in 97 we had titanic um we had the second jurassic park movie starship troopers and in black mm -hmm. um the fifth element yeah well, this movie put a nail in the coffin for not taking your comic book material seriously. You know, after this, you'll get Blade and X-Men. And, and then when you get to Spider-Man, again, you're lightening it, but you're not kind of saying, hey, this is some crazy, silly stuff. I mean, that that earnestness is there. The way that I think it was with, like, the first Superman movie, which by the time you get to the third movie devolves pretty much into this, into, hey, we're doing a comic book where it doesn't have to make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think three is, is the, the most criminal, I mean, of the Superman films. The fourth one, to me, I like because – they were trying. I can see the effort behind it, and it's not too long. It's like an hour and 25 minutes. But um, 
they were they were really trying to make a good movie. They just didn't have the production. They they had good aspirations, you know, and good intentions. And I think that's the same could be said for this. Um, <clears throat> despite the fact that it was you know big supposed to be a big tentpole studio movie. Oh, yeah, I mean oh. this. So somebody I'm go sorry, ahead. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's my favorite. Why did it turn to dust? <laughs> it it sublimated. And I love that. Oh, it should have been an icicle. It looks no. cool though. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. But that seems like one of those it was supposed to freeze and then they did it and then someone said what happens if it just evaporates and no one thought well people thought but no one wanted to risk losing their job and say that doesn't make any sense that's stupid. <laughs> yeah the visual effects artist definitely would have said well why would it do that that doesn't make any sense. Well the 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 second one didn't then, the first one might have. Isn't it I love the the convenience of the fact that he has that snow globe of Gotham just so he can deliver that line first Gotham <laughs> yeah. and then the world. It's just so campy, you know, I love it. I never understood her weird little boob hair. I was about to mention her hair cuz you know what's up with that? that? I don't know where that comes yeah. from. Yeah. It is it is kind of goofy looking. I'll mention by the way if if anybody it remembers the uh, reference earlier, the the um, Marlena Dietrich movie that the gorilla striptease comes from is called Blonde Venus from 1932. Isn't that Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors right there? It sort of looks like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then now we get into this. Wait, so she wants to replace us with human animal hybrids? What is he getting out of this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't yeah. understand this team up. It's yeah. not. Yeah, their motives are a bit. Yeah, it's it's so he but he wants to freeze everything because he, he he's not gonna be able to save his wife, right? And yeah. and how do the plants not freeze? Yeah. So it's like oh. this. Yeah, it's like we're, well, it doesn't matter. Don't 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 worry about it. Doesn't doesn't have to make any sense. And that's really where things kind of break down for me. And then when we get back to the McGregor syndrome, that coincidentally. Uh, Mrs. Freeze also has. Yeah. And yeah. he will have a cure for, but not for his wife. Just the level one McGregor, which is apparently killing him. Not not for the young, vibrant wife, but the old man. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We can, yeah, we can, we can save him. Uh, another thing I, I actually dislike about Ivy in this, this picture is she, like, the, she had that, that thing in a glass case and she, like, kissed at it. But Poison Ivy loves her plants. That thing would have been out walking next to her. That That's how Poison Ivy operates. And to, to wall off a plant is against the code of Poison Ivy. Oh, that's and you could have yeah. played... You could, you could have played that up in this movie, and they do from time to time with vines, with tentacle porn stuff, but that's about it. I miss it. Uh-oh. More gay fighting. Yeah. <laughs> She's climbing up your mind. It's not gay. They're fighting over a woman. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. She's coming between them. No. Coming between them, yes. No, oh. she's not. She's just watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I like I like the fact that they tried to expand Alfred's character here, but every time they go back to him, it just 
it really it really drags the pace of the movie down and and the pace of the movie is already down i mean they really need to pick things up and then this gets weird we're gonna give you the disc that that she cracks and finds out everything. Yeah, she cracks the code. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna mention it, but I've actually prepared an entire suit, like an entire persona for you. <laughs> so basically, Alfred is the one who puts together all the bat suits and Wait, weapons and the, and and the cod pieces and the and the bat butts and nipples yes. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. So you know, if he had become oh, a weapons manufacturer instead of a butler, this would be a very different story. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Well, he'd be he fucking just, Iron Man, dude. He'd be yeah. Iron Alfred. He's Iron Alfred. Iron Alfred. Pennyworth Industries. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the character in um in then uh, Christopher Nolan Batman played by um yeah he's, uh, Freeman. he's uh, Morgan Freeman yeah what's his name Lucius Fox yeah. yeah and you know this is one of my weird nitpicks and throughout the movie all these things that don't make sense but one of the things that really bugged me about the movie was you can't really put an observatory in a city. They have to be <laughs> kind of far away from light pollution. Of all yes. the things. I'm like, well, this is not accurate. Yeah, I could buy an observatory <laughs> on top of a giant statue, but you know what? <laughs> it doesn't belong <laughs> in the city. I agree. <laughs> a, a, giant, a giant statue out in the hills, that's fine. But uh, no, there'd be way too much light pollution in Gotham City to get any kind of a decent read on the stars. Yeah, I can buy a guy who can only exist in the cold. And um, yeah, his wife is in frozen suspended animation. But yeah, that can't buy it. (laughs) And this was just kind of stupid here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I kind of like her look, you know, when she's nerding it up, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. I kind of like I like that that look on a on a girl. This entire moment is completely unnecessary. She, um, she doesn't really need his key to get to the bat signal and everything. Well, yeah, they know it's on the top of police headquarters, right? Yeah. I mean, even if you don't have to ask him that, you can just follow where the spotlight's coming from. <laughs> it's not that hard to do. That's kind of the point of the bat signal. Yeah. Did you know? I mean, you're right about Clooney and the way he expresses. He doesn't really express anything. You see his face right there? Right, yeah. Yeah, he, like there was barely any reaction in his face at all. He's really playing He does it. this quick shake off. Yeah, he's really, he's really playing it kind of stiff in a lot of moments in this movie, which is surprising. He's mostly playing the emotion of handsome. Because he's a much better actor than that. He plays that yeah. very well, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's still my favorite Bruce Wayne. Really? I love him. As, he, oh, he yeah. Good, yeah. I love him as Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne to me should always be a happy playboy without any psycho things. Like that yeah, is okay. a guy that yeah. you would not suspect goes out at night as Batman. True. <laughs> now I'm thinking of a much darker Batman, but as ba- you just don't suspect Bruce, Bruce Wayne, that Bruce Wayne, but the, uh, what's his name? Current Batman, uh, Christian Bale, Christian Bale's, it, it, just go back, watch American Psycho, and then just paste Batman on top of it. It's, <laughs> that's his Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is a little nutty. And I understand that he's going to be a little nutty, but you really do need to play up the happy playboy just a little bit more and not fake happy playboy. Yeah, true. Yes. 
that's where Bale fails for me too. Yeah. And then yeah, just this. Okay, let's let's steal the bat signal. Why? Uh, why not just why not just make one yourself? It's just a fucking light in the sky with a yeah. symbol on it. <laughs> It's not that hard. Now here is Alfred's terrible password protection system. I love the old Macintosh operating system. And every time you enter a password in a computer, it's always blocked, you know, with asterisks, you know, when you type it in. Right. Here we can see it, you know, for us, you know, but normally it wouldn't be that way. I just That's one of those things that throws me out of the moment, you know. <laughs> but... Yeah, other than just that. Just like the observatory. Yeah, that's hey, right. she's a computer hacker. She can hack a password. <laughs> I guess there are little things that do bother you, despite the fact that the movie should bother you altogether. Yeah, I see what you well, mean. Well, you know what it is? This The willing suspension is of disbelief is applicable mostly to things that are outside your personal experience. Mm. And the closer a story gets to your personal experience, the more you are going to expect it to reflect your personal experience. So that's why we have problems with things like the observatory that we know about personally, whereas, you know, crazy alien supernatural science or whatever, we, we don't know how that works exactly. So maybe it works like the movie says, and that's what you can accept. So I, I, I if I were like a, Chironic or a freeze ray specialist, I might have more of a problem with that. Oh, absolutely. If I was like a chirogenics guy, then I'd be like, oh, you know, the freeze ray really wouldn't function like that. <laughs> yeah, I was watching um, uh, Men in Black with somebody, and you get to the very end of Men in Black, which has the craziest stuff in it, and somebody fell out of a tree, and the person said, oh, she'd break her back doing that. Like, because we've all, you know, you've all have a tree experience. And it's just a moment that takes you out when you go, oh, I I know that that wouldn't work. And yet all the alien stuff is fine. Were they just making out there? It was <laughs> a he, – he, he got in pretty close. That, that was a neck kiss. That wasn't like a kiss on the forehead. He should have given him a kiss on the forehead. That was, that was like they were necking. Oh, password time. See, doesn't she look a little medicated in this movie? Like something – Yeah. She, she seems a little like – low on energy or something like when you watch her in clueless she's vibrant and just popping you know what i bet i bet what happened was oh shit we've got to reshoot everything that you've already done because it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> so let's redo all of this stuff love peg peg you know it's great to go back and watch movies with uh with computers in them <laughs> because uh, just the, the, well, yeah, they date the movie. Oh, uh, horribly. Like you have no idea. Just go, all the Batman stuff with the bat computer is kind of like, Oh, look, the computer's really big. Why? Like, cause just the little small technological leaps that we've had, but they're, they're gigantic leaps when you go back 10 years, mm -hmm. like, like the iPhone is an amazing piece of technology that most people take for granted. But the fact that you can shoot a movie with your phone and then put it on the internet and then listen to some music with it, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm always blown away by uh, watching Blade Runner now because there's a lot of video screens, but they're all tube monitors. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just be like, I heard that. They're not going to have tube monitors yeah. in 2013 or 2013. Yeah. I get the same way with like Star Trek movies. Like they'll have, you know, CRT monitors. I'm like, 
wait a second. But uh, we're joined uh, by uh, Mr. Schindler in progress. How you doing? Hey, sorry guys. I, I you would never believe how pissed off I am at myself right now. I all week long I thought we were going to be doing this on Thursday night. Went out and bought this freaking movie and then watched it. Oh. Preparation for for tomorrow. Mike, your your volume's a little low. Yeah. Can, can you guys hear him? Okay, I'm having trouble. Just barely. Hang on, how's that? How's okay, that? there you go. You're sorry. You're, you're up now. Yeah, we were uh, wondering where you were. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't make you guys wait around for me or anything. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we waited for a little while, but we uh, we had to get the ball rolling. But uh, we're uh, if you want to catch up with us. Well, we're we're willing to sit through this again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes. Mike, if you want to, uh, if your DVD's ready, sure. We're, we're about to get to. Uh, I'll tell you when we get to an hour and thirty-four minutes. We're about to get there. Okay. In about uh, fifteen seconds. All right. I'll tell you when to unpause. Are you there? Yeah, I'm at an hour and thirty-six minutes right now. So I'm. Said, I'm... Oh, I'll t- okay. I'll tell you when we get to thirty-six. Okay. Here, tell me when we get to thirty-five. Okay, I'll tell you when we get there. <laughs> we're uh, almost there. We're, we're, freeze we're, is freezing a bunch of people in the Gotham Observatory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you when not possible. And Bane is sending, bomb, bomb. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, for hopping on real quick, Mike. Sorry we had that. <laughs> sorry you missed out. Sorry you got confused about the days. I'm sorry. No, thanks for putting up with me. It's my fault. Yeah, like you said, like you said we'll do it again. <laughs> I mean, this movie's just that great. All these diamonds, yeah, and it's ice, you know, that's what, it, that's what powers him. He's powered by a play on words. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, it's pun technology. Thank you, Damon. Thank you. Um, that's the... <laughs> Hell freezes just... yeah, it, Beautiful. All right, Mike. Unpause in two... One go. All right, cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God, I love this movie. <laughs> well, at least the movie, so at least the pace is picked back up. I mean, it was really dragging for a while. Yeah. Now at least we're getting some uh, some superhero action here. Love. And, I'm sorry. Even if you know that he is Batman, how the fuck are you walking into the cave without being destroyed by security systems? Yeah, aren't these always late? annoys me. Aren't these lasers? Aren't they doing anything? Or are they just because Alfred lets everybody into the cave? That's his shtick. I like it. He's he like, lets anyone with yeah, a vagina a, into the cave. Yeah, I like it. He's like the screensaver on the computer screen. It's yeah, nice. there's a video of him saying intruder alert. Oh, that's his security no, system. You can see the little trash can. It's a desktop. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. he's a screensaver. Well, he has a little Max Headroom glitch too. <laughs> he yeah. does. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's beautiful. And yet again, another gigantic com- uh, computer. Mm-hmm. It's a gigantic computer that would fit on your iPhone today. That's yeah, how you know Batman would have a big-ass TV. He said, suit, suit me up on Alfred. How does he know what her dimensions are? Yeah, that is a little weird, too. Yeah, he, he knows her breast size and everything. He went into her closet and had everything uh, made up from that, I guess. Did you see how much shorter that was than the the original, the one that happens at the beginning yeah. of the movie? <laughs> the one at the beginning of the movie is much longer. Well, you had two guys in the There is a homoerotic the- undercurrent. I mean, look at Top Gun. I mean, look at that whole volleyball sequence. 
That's awesome. I don't I don't see any homoeroticism in that movie either. You guys are crazy. Well, uh, Mr. Schindler, feel free to uh, pop in. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just still trying to catch up. Uh, yeah, this this movie's really bad. Well, that, um, <laughs> well, that's your well, that's how you feel. I oh mean, no, no, no! It it is bad. Well, I mean, yeah, all yeah, it's just bad. because it's oh, bad doesn't mean I can't love it. Yeah, we enjoy, right. Well, yes. I, yeah, we enjoy it despite its flaws. I mean, I think Derek, I, I don't think you do you find any joy in it, sir. Uh, no? I I love hating it. Okay, I'll say that. So, there's something. Okay, so, but you just flat out hate it. Yeah, I just flat out hate it. I mean, like, it sounds like your opinion of this movie is similar to my opinion of Batman Forever. You know, I can totally see the flaws in that movie, and yet I, I do enjoy watching it quite a bit. This one, there's just, it's just painful, you know, because, I, I mean, I see what they're trying to do, I see what they're going for, but even that doesn't work. You know, even that's, it's like flawed, like, conceptually, you know? I I don't know. Nothing in this is funny. Nothing in it looks good. I mean, they say that this is like one of the most expensive movies ever made, or at least it was at the time. And it looks like, I mean, the the action is about on par with the action in, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'm not even making a joke there. I mean, it's flat out true, you know? That's Blunt this is like chronic in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Look this at is his like... lip gloss. I'm sorry. I just have to point out the lip gloss that he's wearing. No, no, it's a fake, it's fake lips. Yeah, right. This is just a, a very badly made movie. <laughs> I think it's well made. Like I, I was telling before you got on board here, I was saying I think that Schumacher should get an A for producing exactly what he wanted to do. I mean, he did a real good job making a campy comic book movie. I, I totally disagree. I mean, if, if, you, if you want to see that, watch like, you know, Batman Brave and the Bold, the cartoon. Like, that's really well done. Campy. You know, that's a that's a campier version of Batman than this is, arguably. Well, you know, I can't I, I don't I can't I can't argue yeah, but that. that. doesn't I mean, have nearly as much homosexual subtext. Not not as much. But... Look at that move. Oh, that was good. She put her arms up. Good. Sorry. I'll say that I agree with you, Josh, in that that uh, Joel Schumacher made the movie he wanted to make, okay. and it was very successful in that respect. Mm-hmm. But I completely see where Mike is coming from when he says it's, it. You know, it just doesn't work for him. Parts of it worked for me. He made the movie that only Joel Schumacher wanted him to make. <laughs> sure. Everybody else wanted another <laughs> Batman movie. Same yet with the Star Wars prequels, you know. And I yet, was like, always true, yeah. strangely bothered by her lack of bat ears. There's no bat to her costume. Well, yeah, she, she wears the the helmet later on. Oh, the she? motorcycle yeah, just, helmet. But just for a second, and it looks kind of weak. And you know, the what, Yvonne Craig wore a, wore a full cowl. I, I, oh. There was a reason. I guess they had some problems yeah. with uh, with making it work with her hair. I I, I, I really do love um, do you, do girl guys, fight scenes. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, this style where neither of them did any actual training for it, so it's just awkwardly choreographed and it just looks bad. <laughs> and you can see the stunt yeah, doubles in there, too. Yeah, but learns how to fight like a motherfucker yeah. later. Oh, yeah, later. But this one, I don't think it's Uma so much as Alicia Silverstone being just, just horrible. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she was wrong for this part all the way around, I think. She's very cute, but... This part doesn't need cute. It needs tough. Oh no! It needs that point where the cute is switched off, and that never happens. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, why is she shouting no right now? That's her plant, right? I mean, that's her. right. Wasn't yeah. she lying in that earlier? Yep. Yes. That's the, the exact same plant she was just lying in. I think I just like poison ivy too much. And the, uh, the poison ivy of the animated series. And that's why I don't like her poison ivy because that's, uh, she doesn't ever get hurt by her plants. Her plants don't hurt her. Her plants hurt other people. And she gets freaked out when you hurt her plants. That's how you stop her. She's she's the equivalent of Batman. If you start hurting people, that, that messes up Batman's game and it stops him. You start hurting her plants, it stops her. That's that's the ultimate weakness is they're not her plants and they can turn on her. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Kick some ice. Yes, and now he's got the glowing teeth. I didn't notice him before. They're really glowing now. Yeah. Now, one thing that I thought was interesting is this does have a big scope. I mean, he freezes all of Gotham. He's going to freeze the whole world. I mean, this is a a big, you know, colossal threat to the world that Batman has to save. I mean, it's certainly the biggest threat he faces in any movie. But uh, and again, I thought these I thought these these effects look good. You see, that's a Taco Bell. Yeah, Batman. Uh, Batman has a problem in general. I think that um, his villains generally aren't super villains. They're they're just guys who dress flamboyantly. And uh, Mister Freeze is one of the few guys who really is a kind of a super villain. I mean, but do you think that that's a problem that most of his villains aren't super villains? Because I mean, he's not a super powered hero either i think it makes his stories smaller in scale and it takes a, something like this to impress me frankly <laughs> see I, I mean i think i think that batman's stories need to be smaller in scale because when you get to a, a scale like this it just becomes unbelievable you know it becomes that machine that he's driving right now <laughs> well the way they're doing it yes oh, wow. oh and now bruce is in the new new costume yeah. oh too. She, yeah she's got Toy the number two she's got the cowl on now and like this stuff it makes the movie seem so small because it's obvious that they built these really big you know vehicles to put on this really small stage and they can't really do anything with them because they don't have the space you know right that's true yeah What is with the Robin hovercraft? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even notice it before. Oh, oh well, that girl just got thrown off. Uh, come on, really? Well, yeah, this this definitely reeks of being a, okay, we've got these vehicles we need to work in. Mm-hmm. So uh, so let's right. do that here because we have toy lines set up. Yeah, I mean, at least in, in Batman Forever, it kind of made sense because the Batcave was destroyed. I mean, that's why they had... You know, the bat boat and the bat wing, you know, and the different costumes. I mean, this is just gratuitous. We're very close to shark repellent here. Oh, the bat shark repellent? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I love (laughs) the shark. The shark repellent was the bat credit card. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Well, it's not only that. They had octopus repellent, too. Do you remember? They had different kinds of repellent. That was awesome. They came prepared. Yeah, there was a bunch of cans. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they just needed the shark repellent. Yeah, the shark repellent wasn't actually on the belt. It was in the copter. Yeah, that's right. Which is where you put your shark repellent in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And here, I mean, this is this is a pretty pretty big set. This is a pretty uh, a pretty 
strong set piece. So these costumes are hideous. But... Yeah, I mean, wait, 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 whoa, time out. These the costumes are hideous. But why does she have a second costume? Why did Alfred make two? That's a different costume. Well, because he knew she'd need a cold one, and he's probably got a hot one lined up. Yeah. Okay. They've all got cold. They've all got different costumes at this point for some reason. Yes, I understand that, but it's understandable that Batman and Robin have multiple costumes. She just put it on for the first time, what, twenty minutes ago, and then she changed (laughs) it. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> and I like how they're the identical costumes, at least in, in the case of Batgirl and Robin, just to show they're the cold costume, they have silver. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. Well, course. you know what I love is this set design. I mean, uh, I'm talking about the, the background you see to remind us of the fact that this is an observatory. We have planets, you know, like glow in the dark stars on someone's ceiling. Like, this is a school kid's version of an observatory. But it's more <laughs> like, you know, a plant, what, what's it called? A planetarium? Where you, yeah, right. That's true. That's kind of yeah. what this is like. But just to remind us that, oh, this is an observatory. Where, why, like, why is that stuff there? Did, was it always there? Um, why? It doesn't make any sense. But it's just funny. It's 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 really goofy. Freeze is coming. How many how many puns on ice does he have in this movie? Has anybody done a literal count? No, that that's a good idea though. But that. This is one of the craziest things ever. They know they're facing freeze, mm-hmm. and they need. To, they know they're going to need to melt stuff. So what do they bring? Very tiny laser guns <laughs> to try and melt the ice. Really? <laughs> Why not a big laser gun or a big flamethrower or something else that you can do, <laughs> use to melt all this shit that he's burning up? Oh, whatever. I love this movie. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I, I'm sure it's a drinking game. You know, all of Arnold's puns on ice. I'm sure it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he says something related to ice, you got to take a shot. I'm sure it's got to be one. No, yeah, it would kill I mean, you. between that and nipples, you'd be dead. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't make it past 10 minutes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, but I'm sure someone's tried. <laughs> I don't know that Arnold goes five minutes in this movie without saying something with ice in it or freeze. No, I don't think he does either. It's it's just amazing they were able to come yes. up with so many. <laughs> but, uh, let, 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 let's see. He, let's see how many lines he said. Yeah, the drinking game should actually be how many lines he has without an ice reference in them. Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Did anyone bring up the fact that these two observatory workers are both in Batman Forever as different people? Were they really the same? No. <laughs> and uh, Nicky Katz in this as well. He would later show up in The Dark Knight. Mm, no, we didn't bring that up. <laughs> no, I don't know who who did they play in Batman Forever. They were like, they they were like part of Bruce Wayne's entourage or something like that. You know, like oh. uh, one night was his secretary and the other dude was someone else. I don't know, something like that. Oh, I see. Maybe there's a, a lot of twins in Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and I forgot uh, Bane has to come back, who is easily disabled by, by pulling, pulling out, out the, 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 the Yeah, comically easily. Yeah. Yep, that's it's a super soldier. Bizarre. Yeah, what? And then he shrinks. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, uh, that damn plastic tube. Too bad they couldn't uh, <laughs> encase it or something. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Wait, why didn't they do that at the beginning of the movie? 
Yeah, look, we know it's hot because it's red, right? The heat is on. Yes. Red is heat, blue is cold. Mm hmm. Yeah, now what are we counting down again? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Do you have <laughs> I this goes on a little too long, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're trying to, they have 11 minutes to unfreeze everybody oh. by using the beams. They can beam light from the other side of the wall. See, now it's like, it's, it's kind of a complicated solution here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we can buy a stat, uh, an observatory on, you know, resting on the hands of a giant statue, we should be able to buy this, don't you think? Good point. Yeah. Wait, wait, it's just sunlight? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I just, I just forget. So wait a minute. It's sunlight. Why? Sunlight defeats Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So well, his, like, his, his whole plan is... It's concentrated sunlight. He's like the opposite of nuclear. Yeah, this is like a heat laser thing. This is yeah. this is your big heat laser. Isn't okay, this GoldenEye? This... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. this is just like GoldenEye. Which was, what, two years earlier? Yeah. So uh, he blows everything up and then just takes yeah. a dive off the platform twice yeah and what, ha <laughs> what 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 happened to poison ivy i forgot did she fall into something she got eaten by her own plant oh yeah right okay. she she and we dealt with her 10 minutes I ago <laughs> yeah. I, I, this 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 scene has my brain in a frenzy i just forgot what happened to her did we, did we see her again yeah she comes back at the end okay freezing hell yeah Lots of stuff smashing. The other reason not to have an observatory being held up by a statue in the middle of a city. Yeah. Yeah. This is sooner or later the big telescope will come crashing down. Yeah, I think you know, movies like GoldenEye and Contact, you know, educated the public as to how those, you know, telescopes are supposed to look like and what you know where they're supposed <laughs> to be located. You know, they're not supposed to be on giant statues. It's a good thing Batman has a steel cable or two. Just in case. Yeah, of course. Yes. Grab onto my belt. I love that. Because, you know, those people they're 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 not, they're gonna be strong enough that their their arms wouldn't, you know, <laughs> dislocate from the sudden stop of that. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I love Batman. Couldn't one of them just say where do you get those wonderful toys just once? He's got a lot of good toys. He grabs his friends on the way back up. Yeah, I mean, he's not Because it's about family. He's not super strong. I mean, he's not like Iron, uh, Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride, where he's pulling three people up the rope. He's you know? Of, he's he just, totally has the mongoloid head. That, that headpiece makes him look like a mongoloid. I'm just noticing his, 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 his forehead is huge. <laughs> look at it. Like, in some angles, it's ridiculous. You know what bugs me is the masks, the way that they've got the makeup on the inside of the mask around yeah. the eyes. Like, can't you make some sort of plastic uh, uh, sticker or something that you could, you know? It, I mean, makeup doesn't make well, any the, sense. The, the Batman mask has always had that, the cowl, you know? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, there's that great moment in Batman Returns they, when they remove it. You're looking at him full face, and you you see that he's got the makeup on, and then he takes off the cowl, and the makeup is magically yeah, gone. Yeah, but here, but here when they're putting on the masks, they actually do have the makeup on underneath. Oh, they do. Yeah. Well, at least they got that right in this movie. You know, it's funny. I as much as I hate, uh, I really disliked the Green Lantern movie. There is a moment in that movie where Hal Jordan walks into the room with Carol, and Carol's like, Hal. You think just because you're wearing a domino mask, I can't tell who you are? <laughs> and, and that should be true for both Robin and Batgirl in this movie. Yeah. When she goes, it's me, yeah. Barbara. It's like, oh, you mean the someone who looks and sounds exactly like the girl that just moved into our house who's wearing our technology? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Batman, it does work. I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, uh, recognize who that is, but... Yeah. Except for Christian Bale. Christian Bale has a weird mouth thing going on, and that would clearly easily be recognizable by anybody who's, who knew both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Well, yeah. But who oh, – it's a Brian Townsendism. Who would believe it? It's like Donald Trump going out and fighting crime. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be awesome. But, but if Don- I thought he physically could, I would believe it. <laughs> yes, because we're prone to because we read this shit all the time. But when you really no, think about crazy it, rich people do shit like that. <laughs> well, there's that too. The Virgin Richard Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson. Yeah. The Virgin. Uh, Richard Branson would totally do this. <laughs> yes, oh, he would get the shit beat out of him. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's your your alternate take on Batman. He's rich, so no one tells him no, you can't do that, and he goes out like this and gets killed the first night. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. So he had, or the other way is uh, is uh, that he's Howard Hughes. He's got the money. He's that crazy, but he's he's that crazy. He is like storing his own urine in jars in the Batcave. <laughs> And now it's really fortunate that Freeze carries the uh, the antidote with him on him at all times. Yeah, <laughs> he's got it. Yeah, it is. I yeah. just happen to have what will save your butler, sir. <laughs> exactly. Look I at mean... that forehead. That forehead is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. George Clooney doesn't really seem like he's playing Bruce Wayne or Batman in this movie. It just seems like he's. Playing yeah. George Clooney, saying these lines and dressing in this costume. It's really yeah, kind we of, we so. were kind of commenting on that earlier. Like his his performance is a bit stiff, but um, you know, like Damon has said, you know, he 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 makes a good Bruce Wayne. He looks good as Bruce Wayne. I mean, I'm not talking about his acting, but he looks good as as Wayne. I read an interview with him one time where you know someone was chastising him for being in this movie and he's like yeah i did that movie and it was really bad but you know what afterwards i sat down with my accountant and he said you don't have to work again for the rest of your life so now <laughs> so now i just make whatever <laughs> movies i want to make <laughs> and he does you know i mean he really has just sort of it was a great career move yeah i mean he's we've gotten so much good art out of the money that this movie mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, he owns, he owns up to it. I mean, he's, he knows what he made. I mean, that's 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 a good outlook. That's a good attitude to have. Right? And I, I think the failure of this movie and a lot of it, I think, being correctly identified as the failure of, of just the direction in general, 
uh, I think does pave the way for a radically different Batman and Batman Begins. I mean, they said, okay, going this direction did not work. Uh, this is not what people right, wanted. And, you know, sure enough, the opposite of this is Batman Begins. Yeah. So this movie's existence is a good thing. In a manner well, of speaking. Yeah. That doesn't mean we have to watch. It. Everything serves as a lesson. <laughs> well, you know, it's like we, we have to we have to have a bad day in, in order to recognize what a good day is, you know, and if every day is a sunny day, then what's a sunny day? I mean, you, you, you got to contrast the good with the bad somehow. It's funny how people will often call this movie saying that this was kind of like the, the death of this particular cycle of the comic book movie, but this was 97 mm-hmm. and you know, it's only what, was, is Blade 99 or 98 and X-Men right after that? So yeah. there's really not that much of a gap. Just like, you know, people said that about Superman 4 and yet Batman's a year later. So there's really been a pretty continuous stream of superhero movies since Superman. And, and, uh, and there's just... Superman 4 get, was like 88? Yeah, that was 1988. Wow. And Batman was 89. So, you know, it dies and comes back a year later and we've just been kind of lucky that we've had a pretty solid streak from, I think, Blade to the present of, of good stuff. Yeah, that's true. See, why does Freeze carry the cure for stage one on him? I mean, his wife does, doesn't his wife have like stage three or something? <laughs> yeah, I will well, carry this cure that I do not uh, require. Exactly. I, this, why does he? I mean, okay, yeah. Maybe the convenience he has it with him, fine. But why would he? She doesn't even need. It's useless to him. Why would he? Thought, right. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I thought I mean, maybe it served another purpose, like it somehow did something to power his suit or something like that as well. Maybe. Oh. Maybe it's delicious. Yeah, that could be too. That would make about just about as much sense, probably. Yeah, or, and that's you know that. Go ahead. Or the compound is just the beginning stages. It could appear one and two, and he just keeps working on it when he's not trying to steal diamonds to power his suit. <laughs> just in those few minutes while he's waiting. Uh, let me take through <laughs> this a little bit more. I got it here. <laughs> See, look, they're setting it up. There, there was going to be a Batman triumphant. You know, they're setting the, they're laying the groundwork. Oh yeah, yeah. She definitely needed her own movie. They're laying the groundwork, you know, for the next movie right here. You know, and it never came to pass. Partners. I almost want to see that movie. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a good movie, not with Chris O'Donnell, please. What are the villains? Uh, let's oh, see. Oh well, the have, villains. They were, they were talking Scarecrow? about Scarecrow. In, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Scarecrow. Um, yeah. let's see. Who I else? want Mad Bat. You know what? Scarecrow and Man Bat actually work pretty well together in this type of universe. Because they're both kind of mad scientists. Well, that was uh, that was Batman and Robin. Yep. If you are still listening, I commend you. Because, <laughs> you know, like like we, we said, you know, this movie isn't meant to be, I don't think, taken in one dose. You know, you got to take a little bit here and there at a time. Watching it all the way through is... Uh, it takes a little bit of effort, you know. It's, yeah, I did. Uh, I did not realize that until I sat down. To yeah, watch was, it beginning to end for this. I was quite I, surprised. Yeah. I loved the movie a lot more last week than <laughs> yeah. I do today. I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it was it was a struggle. I'm like, wow. 
I just, yeah, it's just like 20 minute segments, you know, and that's it. Anything longer than that. And it just, it starts to hurt. And You know, what I'll often do for these is, you know, watch the movie and then I'll, I'll sometimes listen to the commentary uh, by the director or whoever, if there is a commentary on the DVD, just to fill in. Because, you know, there's a lot of interesting information. And sometimes while watching it, questions come up. And, you know, it's just an easy way to do research instead of, like, going to the Wikipedia page, which is what I, I might otherwise do. But with this, I actually started the commentary and I got about 15 minutes in. And I had heard it before. And I just went, you know, I don't need to see this again. I'm going to have to watch it one more time and that'll be good. <laughs> but, but the behind the scenes stuff on, on this DVD is actually oh, quite yeah. good. They're, oh, yeah, they're, sure. they're very candid about how much oh, they, yeah. they, they messed up with this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I, I actually like the fact that they, uh, that nobody involved in this has really been kind of like, what's wrong with you. This was brilliant. They all just kind of went, I mean, there's been a lot of, wasn't my fault but and a lot of people actually taking the blame where i think blame was not necessary i don't i don't blame Clooney for any of this this he he did his job here i think um but there was yeah. just a lot of a lot of pressure to deliver a movie that ultimately was not going to be successful i mean i think i think they got the movie they were shooting for they just didn't the public didn't want this movie mm-hmm well, uh, how about you, uh, Derek? Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. But I don't think I'm ever <laughs> going to completely enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Mike? Shouldn't um, <laughs> Sorry. So the more I watch it, the more I hate it. But I don't think I'll ever completely hate it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to come pretty damn close really soon. Okay. Damon, do you have anything else to say? You know, how can you – you just have to let go. <laughs> just <laughs> let go and, and watch – because I used to hate this movie. I used to think it was really bad. Oh. But uh, I would always get into that. But I, I honestly do believe that uh, the second one – the third one is, is the worst film for me. Because I don't like the portrayal of the Riddler or Two Face in those movies. Because they don't feel yeah, right true. to me. They just don't feel right. And uh, this one, it's goofy. It, it take it, that the third one is a mix of the Burton style and this style, and it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I go back and watch it now, I'll be able to laugh at it because you know there's some ridiculousness in that, like Alfred letting Nicole Kidman into the. The Batcave. <laughs> she mu- she must have sucked him off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no, that's He's it. Batman. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, Mr. Ortiz, did you have anything else? Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I still I still stand by my enjoyment of large portions of this movie. Uh, you know, I, I know I, I sometimes... Uh, have championed movies that that are hated by many uh but you know in this case it, it's not really a guilty pleasure because i'm i'm fully aware of of the horrible parts of it it's just the parts that are are there are are, are fine with me and and a lot of it is just the uh for me batman is a character that can survive a lot of interpretations and and a very interesting and i think completely coincidental 
pattern happens with the Batman movies. And I think the first Batman movie uh, is very, very much like Batman in his first appearances. It's very raw. It's it's dark, um, but it, it doesn't really know what it's doing. It hasn't really fully formed. Batman Returns, I think, is a very kind of a uh, real solid golden age Batman, you know, still the earlier golden age before it became uh, too much of a, of a sort of bright, shiny superhero. Um, when you get to Batman forever, it is a very fifties Batman. Um, it is, is a lot brighter, a lot more irreverent. And when you get to sixties, it's just pure camp. Um, so you see that evolution in the comics, you see that evolution in the movie. I don't think it's intentional, but I think it reflects the fact that Batman really has not been a a consistently portrayed character over his over his 75 years of, of existence not in the way that a character like superman or spider-man has i think there's been a lot of different batman interpretations some of them good some of them bad and this is this is the lighter one this is the adam west this is the brave and the bold this is the 50s batman uh that may not be what audiences wanted and, and it's not even necessarily what i want but i think it's still a a valid choice to make even the the strange kind of whether or not there's a gay allegory in this movie i mean the the accusations of of homosexuality in batman comics while unfounded have been around since the 50s they're part of the larger mythology of the character they're just like the big you know biff bam pow sound effects on the screen are a part of this character's history whether or not people who prefer your dark driven vigilante batman or not i mean it's it's part of it and pretending that it isn't you know you may not want to see it but that doesn't mean other people may you know other people may want to see it so i still love this movie even though i love it much less than i did <laughs> when i i only watched it 20 minutes at a time on cable it's great for that it is oh, yeah. all time great watch 20 minutes on cable then change the channel and uh it's fantastic <laughs> fantastic way and you know i, I think you nailed it you know the old tv show even though i did like the movie the old tv show 22 minutes that kind of silliness doesn't start grading on you mm -hmm. yeah you're yeah and um for me you know um i, I think you just wrap things up really nicely you made a really a lot of good points for me um i just like to thank everyone uh, you know especially you uh, uh damon and uh and mike ortiz you know for sharing their joy and passion for this movie and making me kind of re-examine it and, and like its campiness even more and i, I think that um uh, i think i I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with or with mr ortiz I, I i like it a little bit less after i've watched it all the way through but i i still like parts of it and as a part of a series you know i think that when i think of another movie series uh the star trek series the, the movies you know insurrection is is a movie i don't go back and watch all that often because it's it's i, I don't get any fun from it it's just it's boring to me despite it was competently made it's just kind of boring and i don't get any fun from it, any enjoyment this i can get enjoyment from in those little brief segments if i don't watch it all together is one whole package just like as a snack you know that i can take but um i think it's uh, i think people have lightened up on it over the years uh since the new batman franchise has come to life but I still think it's it's really uh, negatively looked upon, much uh, very unfairly so. I, I think people just need to uh, see it in context. But I have to imagine that 
you know, it, it will it has a chance of being one of those so bad it's good classics. So it, it may get some some remembrance in the future, if not necessarily the remembrance well, that we're shooting for. I don't think it's gonna reach such heights as like Leonard Part Six or The Love Guru, where you just <laughs> where you just wonder why what, what don't happened? mess with the Zoan. Well, I I thought that was kind of funny, yeah. but uh, um, ooh, ooh, I wasn't. Uh, the Love Guru is just wow. What happened with it's this? It's not the spirit. No. Thank you. It is not the spirit. <laughs> That's a horrible movie. I still we we should do one on that. Yes, yeah, so, like, I want to hear Damon just you know shit all over that movie. Well, there's like Unleashed. we've already done one on Revenge of the Sith. We've done Star Trek Five, even though that didn't actually record. No, uh, we did uh, this, or we're we just going to go on a streak of movies people hate. Same to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could throw the Matrix uh, sequels in after. Uh, after the spirit, yeah, that seems to be our oeuvre, our yeah, bag of beans. But uh, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I uh, had to say on Batman and Robin. But um, I'll close this out. Um, this has been Josh and uh, of the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy. Um, I just want to thank uh, Mike Ortiz and Damon from Geek Fights for for coming on board, and uh, Derek of uh, from Tisto for for joining me, and uh, Mike uh, Schindler. Even though you were late, thank you for hopping on. It's been a lot of fun um, and a little painful, too, but uh, <laughs> more fun. But uh, that's uh, that's all I had to say. So uh, this is Josh signing off. Good night, everybody. Bye.